What's up, y'all? Kofi Kingston here, and I would love to have a drink with Wrestling on the Rocks, depending on what that drink is, preferably non-alcoholic, you know? How's it going? I'm Kelly Boy, Shane. Soda. I would love to have a drink with Wrestling on the Rocks. Maple syrup. Bella. I would never have a drink with Wrestling on the Rocks. Welcome to the Dive Bar of the IWC. Welcome to Wrestling on the Rocks, Episode 1. Again, I'm at Ref Marsh. We are at WOTR, the show, with me today. Oh my god, he's back again. Kevlar's no. back, you better tell your friends. No. Kevlar's I'm looking back. More for, All right. I'm looking more for Eminem, not Backstreet Boys. Oh yeah. I could have gone Eminem. I don't know. I've always thought of you as more of a backstreet type. Closet <laughs> <laughs> backstreet fan. Yeah. Yeah. Big time. Big time. <laughs> Guys, it's the other half of the legendary podcasting duo, the Ironics. Yes, sir. Kevlar on the rocks with an X. Big X. Big X. Big X. Dude, what's mm-hmm. going on, man? You haven't been on since before WrestleMania. It's been a while. I know. It feels like I've missed a lot and then nothing at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, let's start with something easy, a little something. I, I dressed up for the occasion. I felt like it was a black tie affair, the return of the Ironics. I appreciate that. Yeah, put on the old blue and black classic. Mm-hmm. Kev, what's in your glass? What are you drinking? I am drinking the Stone Cold IPA. Dude, what? so badly I want to get that American Ale. They're the lager that he's got. I want to try that so yeah. bad. Because this IPA... I, an... hmm? I was going to say, I might have an opportunity this weekend. You think so? Yeah, hopefully. All right, yeah. I know that they, they're starting to distribute a lot further out, but I still feel like that it's still super limited. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Although it's May... So July's coming around the corner. That's typically when they ship everywhere. So we'll see. We will see. Uh, especially because the Broken Skull IPA is probably my favorite IPA. I'm not a big IPA guy. And I really like that one. Yeah. I mean, there's only a few that I like. And yeah, this is one of them. I'm drinking it. So. Yeah. Says something. I'm I'm celebrating with the return with a little proper number 12. Oh, yeah. We're, proper uh, number 12. Proper number 12. It's a proper way to celebrate, I think. I'm doing it on the rocks. Uh, I'm a little nervous, I'll be honest with you. We found it on clearance, so I don't know why. Uh, yeah, they had a whole box on clearance. Like, they had literally in the clearance section of the grocery store, like, 12 bottles. And I was all like, uh, <laughs> why would 12 <laughs> bottles be on clearance? That's, it's not it's like you're just problem. trying to get rid of the last one, right? You know? Yeah. It's one thing to be like, oh, Maybe we have too much. We have to get rid of some. It's like, no, 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 we have to get rid of all of them. I, I wonder if it's... Because he hasn't fought in a while. Do you think? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I bet it coincides with him not fighting in a while. and Definitely got some negative fight, press from time to time. Yeah. His next fight, I'm sure, you know, they'll be sold out again. Oh, yeah. And then that stupid grocery it. store is going to be like, God damn it, we should have held on to it for a little longer. That's the other thing, is I know that some alcohol can go bad. Like, definitely have had expired beer before and it tasted such. 
Uh, I don't know about fucking whiskey, dude. Like, like I don't see anything on here that says like, "Hey, Best Buy date," or even "Born on date." You know. Well, it's an Irish whiskey, dude, and no matter when it's open, it'll be drink, drinking. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I just, I have no idea why it's on clearance. The last time we got clearance, this is why I was nervous. Last time we got clearance, I did the cold brew Jameson. One of my favorite Jamesons, and it tasted like straight up butane mixed with motor oil. It was like, oh, it definitely separates and becomes disgusting at some point. But I wonder if it's because of the cold brew. That's what I mean. Definitely because of the cold brew. Irish whiskey. Yeah. All right. Well. Yeah, that's a good point. Good point. Should have sent it over here. (laughs) We have a smidge of, of Irish in our descent, so we'll roll with that. Uh, Kev, it's been a while, man. How do you? How are you? How have you been uh, doing? Ah, uh, good. I'm glad COVID's over. Yeah, we beat it. We won. <laughs> yeah, we did it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, life's good. Yeah. Like I said, yeah. Feels like the world's completely different, but the same at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. It's this weird paradox. Uh. I mean, I'll just say because it, it happened and everyone's talking about it, uh, uh, but it's not definitely the tone of our show and not what we're here to talk about. But uh, obviously there was that horrible shooting that happened uh, like yesterday. And uh, I mean, obviously it's tragedy and horrible and nobody's happy about it and we hate it and we want everyone to be home safe every night. And I don't know what else there is to really say about it because we're here to talk wrestling and have a few drinks with some friends. You know what I mean? Anything you want to say? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was basically it. Just a sad day, you know, for a coward like that to target children is absolutely despicable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's probably, like, you always kind of want to make sense of stuff, and I'll be honest with you, so many more of these stories as they happen, I just get further and further away from understanding at all any of the mentality, and that's probably a good thing that I don't get it at all. Uh, it's as senseless and stupid as, as anything, you know? Yeah, I'd be concerned if you're like, oh, I understand it now. Yeah. Eh, well. Not around yeah. my kids, bro. <laughs> no. I mean, even because we grew up during Columbine. Even yeah. during that era, it was like, oh, you, they bullied these kids. Like, terrible decision-making all around, but kids fighting back, right? We're at a point now where it doesn't feel like bullying is even a factor in, in most of these. It's just it's just crazy but, senseless, and I don't get it. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. And my thing is, like I said, you know, it's innocent children that are targeted. Exactly. Yeah. Like, when you're going into an elementary school. Yeah. If it's the kids that are bullying you, then, you know, I could, you know, I, like you said, I don't want to say I understand where they're coming from, but it's like, all right. See, but yeah. Innocent kids, like. So yeah, far removed. That's... Yeah. It's just ridiculous. It's stupid. But like I said, uh, the news is covering that just fine, and uh, you and I have always used wrestling as our escape, and I think we're going to continue to do that and escape into wrestling at least for a couple of hours uh, and just talk yes. about what we what we like and what, what we're here to do, which is hang with our drinking buddies. Yep. Oh, I should open up our and, chat. Oh, yeah, people are in the <laughs> chat. The only thing I will – last thing I will say about that is, you know, obviously hope the kids can rest in peace and yeah. the parents and family members – friends that are grieving right now deepest condolences and hopefully one day they will find peace as well yeah yeah absolutely 
uh, Sports Beards in the chat says Kev lives and says loves old school ref outfit and says uh, he says that Irish whiskey does not expire. That's what we're gonna find out. I think I'll be yeah. a test dummy yet again. <laughs> I'm like looking at it, being like, is that like a small film? Is that from ice? Like, was it, it from the cup? I'm like, I don't know what's going on here. Hug, uh, it might be just Tiber just to throw it in your car and mm-hmm, drink mm-hmm. the work. Um, says some of the flavored ones expire. Yeah, 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 100. Some of the the flavor ones because the flavoring and such. And the sugars involved in that, so um, no, it tastes fine. It's a little stronger than I remember it, but you know it's been a while since I've had just straight up Irish whiskey <laughs> on the rocks. Prapa twa, prapa daba twa, prapa daba twa. Let's see. <laughs> it's just nice. It's nice when it hits the lips. You feel it go down the old, uh, feel it go down the rib cage. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, moving on to, to wrestling news. I don't know if you saw this. Stephanie McMahon, this was announced, I think, after we did our show. She's uh, stepping away. She's uh, decided to, or no, I think we did talk about this briefly last week. She's uh, She said she wants to take more time with her family. And I yeah. see a lot of people online are speculating a lot of stuff about what that means and and what, it, what it's really about. And uh, people were saying that they felt like Stephanie McMahon was the biggest vocal advocate backstage for the women in general. I'll say none of us really know to begin with, but I'll also say that very rarely do you see reports about Stephanie being backstage or involved in creative at all. I don't know that the push for the women's division in the creative room is largely impacted by her presence. I think, I, I'm, I'm venturing to guess probably not as much as people think. It's not like, hey, Stephanie's gone, therefore, that's the end of that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, people overreact to fucking everything nowadays. They do. You know, wow. yeah. You know, it's the end of the world. Oh, my God. People, you should have seen people's response to Edge getting a haircut. <laughs> <laughs> you got that Rhea fade. Yeah, you got a Rhea fade, and people were losing their minds. I was like, God, it's a haircut. It's a fucking haircut, guys. <laughs> yeah. He's just not the same. Yeah, people saying stuff like that. It's not the same. It's not what I'm used to. It's going to take a while for me to get used to. I'm like, it's a fucking haircut. I even made a comment online where I was like, with this, the amount of people in the IWC that bitch and moan and complain about every single name change, Raquel Gonzalez became Raquel Rodriguez and people lost their minds about it. Why would they do this? How could they do this? Edge gets a haircut I mean, was, and they change their mind. I was a little disappointed about that name change. I've known a number one, of women who have gone through name changes and haircuts, and I'll be honest, it's not the end of their life or career. <laughs> well, I just wanted them to call her Giant Gonzalez. Ooh. Yeah, that's a yeah. good one. You don't have Giant Gonzalez with Rodriguez. Yeah, Giant Rodriguez doesn't roll off the yeah. tongue. No, it doesn't. Sounds awkward. Maybe that's what they were trying to avoid. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. As soon as she shows up on the main roster, they're all like, oh, who's going to be the first woman to call a giant Gonzalez? And Vince is like, that's it. (laughs) That's it. No. no. Off the table. Grab it. Change the name. We're not going down there. Garcia or Rodriguez? Which one? (laughs) Yeah. Get away from it. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably it right there. Uh, but go ahead. But uh, what do you think about Stephanie taking it? Do you think she actually wants to spend time with her family? Because no one seems to believe that. 
heaven forbid somebody want to spend time with their family. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. No way. Like, yeah, like, good for her. She's in a position where she can do that if, you know, when the reports first came down that she was stepping away to spend time with her family, I got nervous. I thought it was to change Triple H's diapers. Mm. Like, damn, he deteriorated quickly. Right. But, you know, all joking aside, like, who the fuck is anyone else to say, you know, one reason or not why somebody should spend more time with their family? Yeah. Like, if she wants to, let her. You know, kids grow up so fucking fast, and, you know, she's in a position where she's like, hey, I'm spending too much time at the office. I could, you know, I want to be involved in my kids, you know, art projects or school, uh, you know, performances or sports programs. Like, fucking let her. Yeah. And, and to be honest. Good job. I'm proud that you can do that. Yeah. I mean, and that's another thing too. Like, look how far she's come. But, like, if you also want to just like scope out for a second, like, realistically, what for at this point, right? So, like, for a long time, the company was family owned. It was Vince McMahon. You know what I mean? It was gonna be like, who's who's gonna be the heir to the throne? Is it gonna be Triple H? Is it gonna be Stephanie? Is it gonna be Shane McMahon? That was always the thing. Now with Nick mm-hmm. Khan in power, and with all of the the parsing of the licensing throughout different platforms and stuff the company is becoming less and less under one singular mindset umbrella Mm -hmm. maybe she scoped out a little bit and just said hey it's clearly not going to to hunter because he's not going to be able to handle it anymore and he's he's made peace with with stepping away and being involved less uh probably Mm -hmm. not probably not not involved at all i would imagine he's going to be involved in some way but probably in uh some of the lesser stress ways and maybe she's yeah. all like, what are we doing? What are we doing and why? Like, if it's going to ultimately be a public company and it's ultimately going to be the decision of uh, the corporation and the board members, then it's not like it's just going to be handed over. And has she established her legacy as a businesswoman? I think so. Yeah. So maybe, hey, yeah, take a bit. Yeah. And maybe and, she was and, just you know, flat out jealous of Hunter in some way. You know what I mean? I like, was just, just about to say that. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Maybe she saw him, you know, hey, you know, after his – heart thing like step away and you know be with the family and then she's like well i want that i can you know i can yeah. step away they're not gonna miss me you yeah. know and like i said like it's fucking awesome that she can do that yeah yeah all i know is the iwc is certain that she would never want to spend time with her family <laughs> and yeah exactly and it, you know it's impossible to it understand just, her belief yeah it just upsets me that she's going to lose sleep at night wondering why on Twitter that she's walking away and all these people bashing her. It's nuts. It's nuts, dude. Uh, Justin Time in the chat. Cheers to Justin Time. He says cheers to the return of Kevlar. Clink, clink. I'll cheers that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. The IWC is so fucking wild, too. I like the the amount of people who were so mad at Vince McMahon for saying on the Pat McAfee show that they don't listen largely to Twitter, that they, they keep an eye on what's happening on Twitter, but it's not their number one impact thing. And people are like, oh, look, he's not listening to the fans. Mm-hmm. Becky Lynch was trending yesterday because of 1,500 tweets. First off, that's probably not 1,500 separate accounts tweeting once. 
Mm-hmm. Right? Secondly, you're talking about 1,500 tweeting about a show that had close to 2 million viewers. It's right. ridiculous <laughs> to think that he would put the highest onus of responsibility of listening to them on those that are tweeting and not those that are showing up. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, 1% wants to be the majority. You know, Always. Hey, they to took me. our finances I... and now they want our wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> like, Occupy WWE. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of people that are, like, so, I don't know how to word it, emotionally invested. Mm-hmm. Like, we love it and we're invested, like, yeah. you know. That's what makes if it not, fun. we wouldn't be doing this fucking show, yeah. yeah. But there's people that are, like, you know, I've heard it with actors, too, that people, like, legitimately think that, you know, the bad guy in the movie is seriously, like, that, or the show. And they yeah. get death threats and, you know. And it's like, whoa, what the fuck? Like, Calm down, people. So, you know, maybe the IWC is like, hey, this is my voice, and he's not listening to it. I can't reach them any other way. Like, Mm. I'm pissed off. And there's also a difference between listening to a voice and a criticism and following up on, right? So Mm. you can definitely listen to it and say, oh, it seems like there's a section of Twitter that is really unhappy about this or believes this or believes that. Maybe we'll use that down the line. Maybe we won't. Maybe that's mm-hmm. not going to be – maybe I'm not going to respond to every tweet. You know what I mean? Like yeah. not getting response doesn't mean you're not being heard either. Oh, yeah. We haven't gotten responses, and I know they've heard us. There's no Several way they're times. not listening. There's no way they're not. <laughs> but Bruce, thanks for coming through and having a drink with us, Bruce. Yeah. Appreciate it. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers to Bruce Pritchard, constant listener. Yeah. Bruce in time. You know who you are. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely Bruce in time. There's no doubt about it. No doubt about it. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and speaking of Becky Lynch trending yesterday, so we talked about it a little bit uh, as we were prepping for the show. You haven't been on for a while, mm-hmm. so you haven't seen the week-to-week on everything. You watched WrestleMania, you watched WrestleMania Backlash, and you caught up this week, so you've missed a lot of things in between. I don't remember if you watched much between WrestleMania and Backlash, did you? Uh, a show here and there and clips, like, not just much. Just little bits. I'm a casual um, fan at this point. Yeah, he's casualing it up, just seeing what it's like to be a casual <laughs> for a minute. Yeah, I don't like it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Spending too much time with the damn family. Something's yeah. wrong. Yeah. I don't understand Stephanie. Stop soon as she fucking out of your mind. <laughs> Trust me. me Trust me. <laughs> She'll be back, guys. Yeah, Believe she's me. coming back. About it. Uh, so, Becky Lynch was trending because Sasha and Naomi uh, had walked out let their their women's tag team titles on the the desk of John Laurinaitis, head of talent relations, as WWE so pointedly pointed out in their statement, uh, and said yeah. they weren't respected as tag champions and left. Uh, since then, they've had a bunch of... WWE's gone out of their way to make sure they're mentioning what they feel. And they feel that yeah. you know it was an unprofessional and, and that it let down all the fans. And we'll talk about that in just a second. But I will say that now the rumor going around... Uh, before I get your take on on Sasha and Naomi actually walking out, or maybe we'll lump it together, is that Becky Lynch is at fault because supposedly, according to this rumor, which I'm be honest with you, I don't really buy into or make sense of, but this is what they're saying, Kevlar, if you can believe it. Okay. That Becky Lynch did not want to lose to Asuka in a one-on-one match. So she forced them to do a six 
woman matchup, which then in turn put Naomi and Sasha into the match. Uh, all because they're saying Becky Lynch did not want to, quote, do the job, as us WWE marks like to say. We like to all talk like we're in the business and mm-hmm. like we get it. Like losing one time makes you doing a job. Uh, but uh, it's actually funny because when you think about it, a lot of the old timers, when you hear them do uh, podcasts and stuff, almost never do they say I, I had to do the job. They'll say that they did the honors. Oh, yeah. But the wrestling fans go, you did a job, jobber. Yeah. <laughs> well, because, you know, the old guys, and maybe it's because their career is, was over at that point, but, you know, they they looked at it as a, a badge of honor, like respect, like, you know, it meant hey, I put this guy over. Yeah. Like, yeah. I helped him. Like, somebody yeah. else helped me down the way. I, you know, like the Jedis. You have yeah. your mentor, and they boost you up, and... Then you cut him down. Like Anakin and Obi. Sometimes you turn on him and kill him. (laughs) (laughs) So it's got to put him down. Sometimes you don't. But, so they're saying that she refused to do the job because she just won't job, which is, I mean, if you just watch Becky Lynch on TV, you just know that's just not true. Um, Yeah. I mean, even look at the uh, 2019 Rumble. She lost to Asuka then in a tap out. Like, she didn't have to tap out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there's all sorts of, either way. Well, so they're saying that that then, put well not back then, but a lot of times, you know, how many times do you see, you know, them pass out instead of tapping out? Yeah, exactly. She could have done you that. Know. Yeah. Right. Didn't but... Charlotte do that at Backlash? Is that how she did it? Did she pass out? I no, I think she, she tapped out. I think she tapped out. No, she did. She did. Because of the chair thing. So. Yeah. Uh. Uh. They're saying that because of that, that put Naomi and Sasha in the situation where then they end up having to walk out, which I think is already a gross overstatement of what that situation is and means and what do we really truly know anyways, right? The other rumor then going in is that that Naomi was going to win that match. So again, it's... That that blows my mind. Yeah. How is anyone that has been completely underutilized for the bulk of her career all of a sudden is going to get another you know high opportunity moment or you know highlighted moment and then she just walks out on it like that'd be this if that's true that'd be the stupidest thing that naomi could ever do which is also why i think there's a lot more to it than what the fans are talking about online you know i mean it's got to be more complicated than that you know what i mean like it can't be as simple as and that's what I mean, like, for people to blame Becky on that anyways. and Because what ended up happening that night? You ended up with Becky Asuka 101, and what ended up happening? Becky lost. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and at the end of the day, let's theoretically say Becky didn't want to lose to Asuka, which she's had no problem doing before. Matter of fact, if you watch the rise she's of looking... the man, she yeah. constantly lost to Asuka. Asuka was yeah, the one who had 100%. Becky's number. Yeah. And she literally, when Becky announced she was pregnant, handed the title to her. If yes. she could have literally, on her way out, because, you know, obviously they knew that she was pregnant and that yep. that person was going to become the champion, she could have literally handpicked somebody. Like, no, I'm not going to hand it to her. But she did. She literally sure. handed the title to Asuka. From my understanding, which is very little understanding, she picked Asuka to win. She wanted to mm-hmm. hand it to Asuka. At 2019, she wanted to lose to Asuka. I don't think she was supposed to lose yeah. to Asuka initially in the 2019 Rumble uh, pre-show thing. Not pre-show, but, you know, prior to the Rumble. <laughs> Uh, uh, 
that she was you know, the, that the she asked didn't to do mean that. anything. We've also heard in interviews that she asked to lose to Shayna Baszler at that Mania match in the during the pandemic. That mm-hmm. she asked to lose. Like her it's just wild that people are blaming she, Becky at all. But 100%. I think, you know, she understands the business a lot more than a lot of people. And she you know I yeah, to, for that to come out, I think those people are just you know, trying to start something for their hatred of Becky or their jealousy of Becky. And I think that's all it is. 100%. That's all it makes sense. Nothing about any of their rhetoric is making any sense. Yeah. And I could be 100% wrong, but that's my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So talking about Naomi and Sasha, there's a lot of people who are going on and on about if you support WWE in in any of this, that you're wrong and it's horrible and all this stuff, right? I'm not saying I think that what WWE is doing is correct, but I'm not saying that I think what Sasha and Naomi did is correct either. Uh, I think it's a mess no matter how you cut it. And I think that WWE has set precedent time and time again that walking out after being advertised is one of their... Yeah, that's one of their biggest soft spots. Uh, They went on TV, and people even said, like, oh, if it wasn't... And I don't want to go down this rabbit hole much because we're of no position to truly talk about it. But a lot of people are saying that it's race-specific, that if they weren't black women, this wouldn't be happening. And all I can say to that is if evidence has shown us anything, the only people they buried in the past were Stone Cold Steve Austin, Ultimate Warrior, Bret Hart, are the ones that come to mind immediately. CM Punk, I believe they did too. So all I'm saying is that they haven't established a history of strictly pointing out minorities in these situations right they've called out their top stars yeah. at the time yeah regardless but the thing of... that gets me with with that is a i think you know i think it's an easy scapegoat just say oh yeah it's race everything's race you know oh this was a race blah 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 you know like you said we're not going down that rabbit hole but the other thing is if that was the case they wouldn't be the fucking women tag champions right maybe and i mean i guess you could always make the argument that maybe if they uh Maybe they're going harder on them because of, right? And I don't believe that to be the case, but I don't know. Uh, And at the end of the day, what I am saying is that historically, when a top star is walked out, they've gone on record and buried them on TV. Uh, Mm -hmm. Gorilla Monsoon, when Ultimate Warrior no-showed a live event, a house show, untelevised. Not even a a premium live event. Not even a premium live event. What would you call non-premium? Unleaded. <laughs> unleaded live event. An unleaded live event. Ultimate Warrior no shows. Mm-hmm. Gorilla Monsoon goes on TV and says he's indefinitely suspended. He's indefinitely suspended because he no showed the fans. And there's nothing worse mm-hmm. you can do than no show on the fans. They said it was unprofessional at that time. They also said that the only way he was going to be released of the suspension, they would immediately uh, uh, lift the suspension. Once Ultimate Warrior agreed to a performance bond, an appearance bond, mm-hmm. the Ultimate Warrior would have to front money before any event they advertised him for, and he wouldn't get it back unless he showed up. That he would, on top of whatever he was getting paid, he'd have to risk his own money, likely, if you're just thinking about business, likely larger than what he was getting paid. So it was like, you either lose more than you would have made, or you'll make money effectively, right? They did that to Ultimate Warrior, one of the biggest stars in the history of their business, right? Mm-hmm. Stone Cold walked out 
on Raw when he was supposed to go up against Brock Lesnar, and The Rock came out and cut a promo on him. Uh, Vince mm-hmm. McMahon went on, on TV that week and said that Steve Austin took his ball and went home. He said that the only unpardonable sin you can commit in our business is, and that's their business, not ours. Our business is being fans, right? The only thing that you can not be forgiven for in their business is no showing the fans and letting the fans down. As far as business goes, business is business. But as far as uh, Vince McMahon's belief to uh, his responsibility towards the fans is there's nothing, no greater concept. And people can make their arguments that they think Vince McMahon doesn't like the fans, doesn't care about the fans. But I don't. I don't believe any of that first off. And I do believe that Vince does hold those, those beliefs that if you let down the fans, that's, that's not okay. If you let down Vince McMahon, that's a different thing, right? Mm. Uh, with that in mind, I think I understand both sides in that regard, right? Like there was, they just had released a Boston glow t-shirt that was selling out of sizes as soon as they put it up. You had a bunch of girls in the front with their Naomi shades on, glow shirts on. You know what I mean? They were in the boss rings. You do have a big fan base that was hoping to see you that night, and they thought they were going to, and then they didn't. So in that regard, you let down those fans who showed up for that, right? And whether or not people want to say that – go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, and, you know, that's the thing that gets me is, you know, it always says it on UFC, WWE, boxing – you know, card subject to change. Yeah. You know, and that's for, you know, things out of the athletes or performers. Uh, damn it, I lost the word. But out of their uh, capabilities or, you know. Out of their control. Yeah. Control, you know. Injury, travel issues. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred, you know, a bunch of different Flights things. delayed. Yep. Yeah. Illness. Like, it, it, it does happen. Yeah. But when you choose to, you know, basically turn your back on, the, especially the fans in attendance, like that, that, yeah, I'd, you know, I'd be pissed if I was a fan, spent my hard-earned money, and, hey, this is going to, you know, this match is going to happen, or these guys are going to be there. Great. Like, I want to see that, you know. Yep. And then they don't show up. But what happened? Oh, they decided they didn't want to show up? Then, I, you know, I feel like a slap in the face, personally, yeah. that they, you know, chose not to be there. Yeah. Were they, I did see one fan who was with... in attendance tweeted saying that, that he understood what the company meant because he went there and was excited to see them. And when he didn't see them, he was really confused. And when he went online and saw what had happened, he was really hurt. He said it sucked. Yeah. He's like, look, I'm not saying what they did was inherently wrong, but I did feel like I was shortchanged there. And yeah. then that guy was getting raked in the fucking comments and stuff. And you're like, dude, he's just expressing how he felt. He's not saying that they're bad people or that they had no reason yeah. to. He's just saying how he felt in the moment, right? Like, oh, and, defensive... and out of... Go ahead. And, and out of those people that were giving him shit about that, how many of them were at that same event? Yeah, and how many because of them paid to go see the show felt. anyways? Yeah, exactly. Like like I said, you pay to, you know, to go see a certain product and that product's not there or that performer's not there, you're going to get pissed off. And that's the way you lose fans. It's definitely a way you lose revenue. And, and the other thing, too, is that it's yeah. different to watch from home every week. It just is because we're used to mm-hmm. watching home 
sometimes it changes. Oh, this changed. Oh, that's weird. Oh, that changed. There's a different feeling yeah. you have when you're in the audience. You're excited mm-hmm. about seeing this person or that person. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you don't know if you're ever going to get the chance to see them again. How often do they come through our town? Maybe mm-hmm. once a year if we're lucky. Once a year if we're lucky on a live show. And every time we see the card, we get excited about seeing those people. And if somebody mm-hmm. else shows up, we think, how special is this? And when those people doesn't show up, we've always gone, ah, that sucks. I was really hoping to see them. Like, we feel bummed that yeah. we didn't see yeah. them. And whatever the reason being is what it is. But if we heard that that person showed up to the venue, was ready to go, and then just said, I'm not doing this and walked out, we'd have been pretty upset. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's a like different feeling you get when you're there. Yeah. They were legitimately were there. They didn't get sick. They were healthy. You know, yeah. they chose not to perform. Yeah. And, you know, I might get backlash for it. But to me, this feels like... You know, I have no idea the real reason. And as yeah. fans, we're just speculating. But to me, this is the second time Sasha's done this. You know, after she went on her hiatus with, uh, after, what was it, Mania two years ago, I think it was, when her and Bailey lost like, the belts. Yeah, it was a couple years ago. Three back. years ago, maybe. Three, three or four, yeah. yeah. And I understand, hey, get your mind right. That's cool. You know, it wasn't this extreme if you will yeah you know that she was there and supposed to do it like she's hey i'm taking a break but to me it seems like now that it's the second time that whenever something doesn't go her way she throws a fit so that is a narrative that's out there and And you know yeah and And people are saying that yeah and like what i was gonna say is i could be completely wrong but it's starting the, the trend is starting, right? You know, I'm not saying I feel that 100%, but I can see, like, you know, if this happens a third time, obviously, it's like, I right, think she's bigger than the business, and she's throwing a fit because she's not getting her way. That's terrible. Right. And, like you said, the the perception is out there that that's the case. I don't personally hold those same feelings, but at the same time, there's a certain point where you start saying it starts to muddy the other stuff, right? So the, when she mm. when she went away after 35 uh, to get her mind right, and she's been open about her uh, um, mental struggles she was having at the time, her loss of identity, her, her loss of sense of self, and how important it was for her to, to reignite her sense of, of value, uh, mm-hmm. who she was as a person, who she was as a character. Uh, she was ready to quit the business on whole when Vince McMahon told her, no, take your time. She was only supposed to take like a month or something like that. And she ended up taking like six and the company was mm-hmm. accommodating in that regard for whatever reason you want. Right. And let's, let's take the negative path. Let's say they did it strictly mm-hmm. because they see her as a cash cow and they didn't want to let her go. They had, there was nothing genuine humanity about it. Let's just pretend that that's the mm-hmm. thought process. Cause none of us know. Right. And we can pretend either way. Regardless, the company did that, whether it was for selfish gains or not. And when she came back, they made her a big deal. You know what I mean? Like it was a big deal when she came back and she was in big high profile matches and she's won championships since and she's headlined main WrestleMania since. Like so yeah, regardless. Yeah, I mean there of, was there was no there was no immediate backlash from the company when she came back. Yes. Like she exactly. wasn't buried and stuff like that. Yeah. Exactly. So let's say it's for negative uh, feelings of making money off of somebody and not from an inherent belief that that 
they believe people are humans because uh, that's the narrative that's out there and i think that it's probably the uh the other i don't think it's the there's an evil thought but let's say all that stuff was true right and so she takes that time off and gets better and does what she needs to do to take care of herself and that that's exactly how that went and that's what i believe happened and then this happens here people are going to look back on the other one and then it's going to muddy that narrative on that one right where now people have a reason to second guess was that actually true at the time which i believe it was but some people may not anymore yeah you know what i mean people could easily say well this time she walked out because she was unhappy with creative so how do i know that what she said last time was true you know what i mean and i'm not saying that i think that but i'm saying i understand where someone might point at that and say this is getting fishy right Mm -hmm. uh it just it does it does muddy that water and i think that with as important as it is for people to take care of themselves you got to do stuff not to muddy that water either down the line but i'm also not saying that she needs to stay and feel disrespected that's yeah. what i mean by i think this is a really complicated case just because i don't want people there who don't want to be there i don't want people there who are feeling like they're forced to do things they don't want to do i think there's also probably better ways it could be handled by both parties the other thing we know about uh, Ultimate Warrior and Stone Cold when they walked out is they both went on record several times since then saying they wish they hadn't done it that way and that they felt it was pr- unprofessional at the time and in the moment in the heat of the moment they thought it was the right thing but in hindsight they really wish they'd handled it completely different so it also yeah. makes you wonder if down the line we're going to see something like that you know what I mean is something going to happen down the mm-hmm. line where we see see a shift you know what I mean where they say you know what maybe you shouldn't have walked out that way but yeah. maybe not you know uh, and that's all I'm saying about it I don't know I don't think Becky's to blame. I think even if the idea was the match was going the way that it was uh, and they were unhappy with how the match goes, I don't think you blame Becky for that. I think everybody made their own decisions and they're continuing to make those decisions. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's tough. It sucks. It all sucks because because WWE's coming to town, uh, to our town in two months. Two of our absolute favorites are Naomi and Sasha. Naomi's the reason Producer Lady even watches wrestling. And I don't mean like yeah. she's only invested in Naomi because I've seen a lot of people say, well, now that they're out, I'm not watching anymore. Well, that's that's not our stance. But at the same time, Producer Lady wouldn't have been a fan of wrestling if it weren't for Naomi drawing her in. So that's her number yeah, one. Everyone, yeah, everyone remembers their first, I don't know, grab. Yeah. Like the first uh, superstar that you gravitated towards. Yeah. You know, and yeah. And every time we've been to any live event, whether it be televised or not, producer lady without fail grabs her Naomi glasses, her Naomi shirt. She would wear her glow shoes and she was going there saying, I'm going to be outwardly supporting Naomi regardless of if she was meant to be there or not. Like if you watch Rumble 2019, you can see her right there, second row, the whole show, Naomi glasses on her head. And then when Naomi jumps on the, on the thing, uh, when she's like climbing on the barrier, you can see Produce Lady right there screaming and yelling with her Naomi shirt and glasses on because she couldn't believe she was that close to Naomi, right? Mm-hmm. It's a little bit of a bummer to think that right there sandwiching around my birthday, we potentially were going to SmackDown and a live event, and we're not going to be able to see Naomi. You know what I mean? Like, that's a bummer. That's a yeah. letdown. And who's at fault? I don't know, right? But it is a bummer either way, and people are going to feel disappointed either way, and you can support well, it's, someone it's, and be disappointed at the same time, I think, is the second part. You know? uh, it's clearly Becky that has nothing to do with it. Yep. Becky's yeah. fault. <laughs> Either way, I know you want to talk about that a little bit, 
and I know it's still the talk yeah. of the town. Um, but we can get into the shows a little bit more too, if you don't mind. Yeah, definitely. Was there anything else news wise that you thought would had come out that you wanted to uh, uh, hit on? Um, the only other thing that I saw recently was about Hacksaw. Yeah, he's battling cancer again. Yeah, then he came back. So. Yeah. You know, I just keep, cheers to him and fight. I keep this right here because of Hacksaw. If I'm being honest, my little yeah. U.S. flag. Oh. No. Yeah. Yeah, a hundred percent. Get better, feel better. You beat it once before. Yeah. Keep kicking out. You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, meeting Hacksaw a couple of times. He's one of those dudes where, as you're talking to him, you go, "I think we would be friends." Like that's just how cool he is with his fans. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, He's relatable. Relatable, absolutely. Uh, it's still one of the favorite favorite moments that Clump had meeting a wrestler was meeting Hacksaw. We went to his uh, show here in town, and we did the the VIP thing and got backstage and got to hang out with him for a bit. And Clump basically blushed, dude, because Hacksaw sees him, kind of like slaps him on the chest. He goes, oh, big boy. He goes, that'd be fun to get in the ring with you. And Clump just, like, blushed. He's like, oh, God. <laughs> just an amazing guy. Amazing. I can see it, too. That's oh, yeah. Clump's a big dude. He's a big dude. <laughs> he is, and I can... Yeah. Getting all blushed out and childish, yeah. sheepishly. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, dude. So yeah, uh, get well soon, Hacksaw. We 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 need that yes. match to happen. We still got to get that. We still got to book it. So yeah, we'll do it Goldberg style. Hacksaw just like do a shoulder tackle and uh, and hit him in the head once, and we'll be good. And Clump will actually have a concussion instead of Goldberg or Hacksaw. Yes. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, let's talk about it a little bit. You've been gone for quite some time. Uh, what do you think so far? And we'll just talk about things a little bit broadly as we go. We're just going to kind of knock out a bunch of it because this has been catching up with Kevlar. It's been kind of like breakfast with, with uh, my dinner with Andre or my breakfast with Blassie. Like this is, this is my catch up with, with Kevlar. Catch up like, you know, K-E-T-C-H-U-P. Catch up with Kevlar. What do you think about this bloodline story? It's driving... Uh, Sportsbeard mental. He cannot handle uh, the bloodline being the ones. And I think it just makes him a two. <laughs> it's so weird because our age, the generation, when you were number two, you were the shit, you were top dog. Mm -hmm. So for them to be like, oh, yeah, you're number two, you're just shit. Like, it's like. Yeah. Dude, like, I like, laugh the first couple times I said you the twos because we the ones. I just laughed so so hard, dude. I love it so much. You the twos, we the ones. Actually, on After the Bell, they explain where we the ones came from. They said they were backstage talking about stuff, saying we the ones who go to every single live event. We the ones who are carrying this tag team division. We the ones who keep going out there, elevating the tag team. We're always tag team of the year. We're in matches of the year. We're the ones carrying all this. And then he said, that's it, man. We're the ones. We're the ones. So that's what that's what we the ones means is that they're putting in all this work because at the end of the day, they don't want to look back and say we could have done more. We, did, we skipped out on these events. They go to everything. Uh, and Corey Graves even said that so much so that they live it that – 
they had done their it was after it was after Raw. They had done like a main event thing with Raw. They closed the show. And as they're in like Gorilla, Corey Graves walks back there and just kind of says over your shoulder over to their shoulders, says, uh, um, hey, guys, we need you in the in the dark match. we got to get you back out there. And he said, without even turning around to see who it was, they said, all right, man, no problem. Give me just two seconds. Uh, let me prepare myself. And then they turned around and saw it was Corey. And Corey said, dude, I was just messing with you. And they went, oh, OK. Like they didn't even think twice. <laughs> They're the ones who are always going to step up and step step up to that level and be there for them. And I just thought that was really cool and a really cool little anecdote. So I don't know. Keep going. Yeah. They the twos. I mean, they the ones. They're the workhorses. But if they you're are. the ones, you have to have the twos because you you got to go against somebody. Yeah. But yeah, no, I like it. Like, uh, I feel very mixed about this. Yeah. You know, the, the, the bloodline storyline, the unification of the tag titles. Because I've been gone for two months, three months, whatever it's been. An eternity. And I feel like it's been in, 84 years. It feels, <laughs> it, it feels like a while. And I feel like we're in the same exact spot. Like mm. nothing's changed. Like nothing's progressed. So I could see where people are like, yo, like, fucking let's move this along. Let's go. You know? Mm. That's, and I like that. I just want to say this about it. Watching every week, I keep thinking like, oh, the nuance. Oh, they're carrying the story. Oh, it's working. Oh, I love all this. Like, I love it so much. At the same time, when we took a break from watching wrestling for a long time, one of the things I did is, is CM Punk still the champion? Yeah. Eh. So there's something to that where it's all yeah. like, feels like the same. Is, is Cena still on top? Eh. You know what I mean? Like those are conversations that we would have. Who's yeah. the champion? Cena? Still? Okay. Yeah. Just checking. I'm not, I'm not interested. Right. I so mean, I hadn't thought about it that way, but you're 100% right. That mentality is out there for sure. Oh, yeah. And, you know, with Roman with the Universal title, he's approaching two years, right? Yeah. Yep. So, you know, I'm not saying he just needs to drop it quick or anything like that or, you know, instant gratification type of thing. But it's like, this is what I'm saying where I'm in this, like, weird paradox where I've been gone for a couple months. And mm -hmm. I feel like I haven't missed anything in this storyline. Like, it feels like it was literally the last episode of Raw or SmackDown that I watched. And I haven't missed anything here. Huh. Excuse me. And I feel like there's all sorts of cool little things you would have missed, but when I think about it, it's nothing that you have to nothing check if you're missing. And, yeah. Like there's been awesome <clears throat> stuff, and it'd be like, oh, this would be cool. You would like it, but then you go, well, will it change what's happening right now or how I feel about it? No. Mm. It was just awesome yeah. in the time. Yeah. Did it pro actually progress the storyline that you thought it would? It dragged yeah. it on. It definitely <laughs> yeah, extended exactly. it. <laughs> And, you know, since we're on just the bloodline storyline, the yeah. unification of the tag titles, like, just as a fan, because I am a huge Randy Mark, love the dude. Yep. Riddle, I've liked him for a while. And, you know, the pairing, they seem like one of the hottest commodities, if you will, mm. on, you know, both programs. Like, I just don't, I don't get where they're going with them from here. And then especially 
with Riddle coming out here saying, well, that might be the end of Randy and RK, bro. What a segment to open up Raw, right? Because it really sounded yeah, like, like he was giving a farewell to Randy. And I was like, is he yeah, going under like, surgery or something? Yeah. And I was like, they can't. Because then I was like, you know, because he's like, oh, he can barely walk. And then I think Andre. And I'm like, you know, I'm not thinking Randy's going to die. But I'm mm. like, is this his last match? Because I'm not going to say it was a shitty match be his last match. But Randy Orton, of all people, need to go out on his shield type of thing you know yeah, yeah there's way bigger ways yeah. to put down randy than a main event on a smackdown for attack well, he's title. a snake you gotta cut his head off that's a good point do you think you do it valvina style <laughs> i sure hope not we're in the pg era that's a good point can't go back Mel Venus wouldn't have a career <laughs> nowadays. Much different career. Only Venus. Yeah. <laughs> His matches are only on OnlyFans. Yeah, 100%. Like Enzo. Mm. Just kidding. Enzo's on MLW now. But we will talk about that tomorrow. Uh, yeah, I think that yeah, that can't be Randy's last match. It does make it sound like they're giving him a big farewell. Uh mm. I know a lot of people were really hoping that the Usos would not hold both titles. I know I was thinking that it would be a good way to start a little bit of dissension in the bloodline. But once Paul Heyman was like, if they don't win this, they're out of the fucking bloodline, I was like, okay. They're winning it. <laughs> and yeah. That's, that was the thing that got me. Being away for so long and then watching that and then hearing it. And then I'm like, all right, yeah, like, it's not going to happen. And then, you know, it obviously didn't. And then, the thing about Paul Heyman and his it's not a prediction, it's a spoiler thing. If you go back and look, it's always been true. It always has been a spoiler. Mm -hmm. So when he says it now, you go, what's the likelihood that this is the time that they actually create? This the one? Yeah, is this the one that actually doesn't turn out to be true? For something like tag titles, you go, no, I don't think that's the one that they're going to do yeah. that on. Like, because when well, it, when I mean, that happens, when he finally says it's not a prediction, it's a spoiler, and then he actually is wrong, that's going to be a like a it's milestone. Be big, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's and be you like, know, and that's the thing that got me is that they were building it so much around Riddle and his disrespect for Roman, you know. And I was like, oh, this you know, this might be the launching point of Riddle and, you know, into the main event thing and stuff like that. And I, like, I like Riddle. I'm a Riddle guy. Mm-hmm. You know, cool. Go for it. But then, one of the things that irritated me while I was out was stupid Drew McIntyre coming out and that spooky night in the castle thing that they're doing or whatever it's called. And he's he tweets out, oh, I can't wait to uh, wrestle or fight in front of everyone in the castle for the WWE or for the Universal title or whatever he's saying. Yeah. Something to that effect. And I'm like, yeah. bro, literally you could have tweeted anything else out. Yeah. You know, And but for him to sit, sit there and say that, if that comes true, like, fuck, it's going to make me hate McIntyre even more. 
Dude, I've been so tired of the sword thing. And yeah. Beard's stance is that I need to view it the same way Hacksaw brought out a 2x4. I said, except Hacksaw used his 2x4. Yeah. And Hacksaw was gimmicky as fuck, and that was the whole thing. <laughs> and they're trying to say Drew's like this Scottish warrior that we're supposed to take serious. And, you know, Hacksaw was Goofy, the comic relief. Like, he brought out a fucking two-by-four. And you remember when he was like the it, TV champion in WCW? Because he was the janitor who found it in the garbage can? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, he was, like... I love Hacksaw. I'm not trying to shit on his career by saying any of that shit. Like, you know, no. people might twist. But he, yeah, he I loved was. it. Yeah. And, and Hacksaw knew his role. He we love Hacksaw the way that people like, love our truth. And I'm not saying we don't love our yeah. truth. We love our truth yeah. and Hacksaw in a very similar vein where it's all like, I love when they come out because I'm about but to have a know, lot of fun. Yeah. You know what you're getting. It's day yes. one of WrestleMania. Like, you know, mm -hmm. we, we know what we're getting. We know what to expect. And when it's withdrew with that, so you can't like ah, to me it's apples and oranges type of thing. Like, yeah, that's he what comes I said. out there, he broke the fucking uh, ropes with it. Yeah. Like. Yeah, and he yeah. swings it at people uh -huh. like he's gonna murder them. I do want to say because I realized I forgot it a, a bit a minute ago. I meant to say it. Uh, uh, Bishop from TW Takes podcast, um, although TW Takes uh, is. Um, a bit of a defunct podcast at this time, uh, but I say never say never. Uh, Bishop did come through and say group hug, so uh, cheers to Bishop and uh, definitely group hug to to him. There it is. Yep. Um, always happy to see him come through. And I keep this right here, dude. Like it's real close. My my TW takes iridescent sticker. And uh, um, producer lady was just asking last night as she was um, getting ready. We're packing up to go to to Alaska this weekend uh, to spend some time with Beard one on one, and. Uh, uh, she was looking at her uh, TW Takes shirts, and she's all like, man, how's Bishop doing? And I was like, I'll tell you. So, uh, good dude, good dude. Uh, yeah, uh, with Drew, he hasn't been on the last couple of weeks, and I, I uh, in, in honestly the most respectful way possible, uh, I haven't missed him. I haven't missed him yet. And I think that, but I think that there's potential there, right? Like, I think he's very good at what he does. I think that there's a lot of goofiness in some of what he's doing. And I also think that I mean I remember how we felt when he won the Rumble. We said this is his time. Like we were saying before, why isn't he I, in I the Universal Title it picture? And I wanted it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So I, as much as we shit on where the character's going right now, it's not for lack of ability of that performer. I do want to say that. Uh, no. So yeah. I do I'm think not, that they're. I, I, go ahead. When I said I hate McIntyre, I don't hate the person. It's the yeah. gimmick and where it's at, and yeah. And we'll I go with hate. It and... Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Uh, bloodline stuff that's been going on. Have you. I feel like this week was a little bit lighter on the Sami Zayn with bloodline stuff as specific. Did Were you catching a lot of that or no? Yeah, I, I saw it in. Uh, I forgot who said it, but. You know, oh, he's the liaison of the bloodline and stuff. <clears throat> so for the past and... few weeks, Sami Zayn's been trying to regain his credibility with Roman. And he wants um, his tribal chief. He's acknowledged him. He wants the tribal chief to respect him. And 
uh, he wants to do right by him. And he was saying things like, oh, Shinsuke's got this issue with Roman. And he's like, I don't want Roman to worry about it. He's got bigger fish to fry. I'll take care of, of Shinsuke, but I need I need Roman to know I'm taking care of it. And Paul Heyman keeps being like, oh, yeah, I'll tell him. Don't worry about it. Uh, okay. So Shinsuke's been coming out, calling himself the locker room leader, saying he's speaking on behalf of the bloodline. And then he'll say, like, I'm not uh, directly speaking on behalf of the bloodline, but I, I can safely say that the bloodline would prefer this. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah. Sami Zayn's a goddamn gem. <laughs> <laughs> What have you thought so far? I mean, we had the Shinsuke versus Sammy match here. I feel like we had just a small snippet of Sami Zayn celebrating backstage after the Roman Uso segment. And then on Raw, he teamed with the Usos, but they didn't have any kind of promo leading into it that would lead you to believe, like to understand uh, significantly why if you've missed the last couple of weeks. Did you catch what was happening there? Or, or how do you feel about it? Um, I was, excuse me, a little confused because... I thought it was Sammy being Sammy, like trying to be the leech that he is yeah. onto anyone's, you know, storyline or gimmick type of thing. And I thought it was funny. And then when he, they actually tagged together, I was kind of confused. I was like, wait, is is he a part of it? Like, yeah, I love it. I want I him on the bloodline shirt. The second Sammy Zane's on a bloodline shirt, I'm buying three. Well, I, I thought when I first saw him, in the bloodline shirt i'm like why is he wearing that and i was like oh did they did he you know copy and paste himself into the bloodline shirt i'm like oh that'd be fucking great i made one he you hasn't know? used it i made one with oh, really? the shirt yeah. it was great Damn it. <laughs> but yeah i mean i'm okay with it i you know i see where it's sammy's been with different aspects of his career and you know different gimmicks and i think i think it fits perfect like i like it and everyone or not everyone we said that they've always needed a fourth Mm. yeah well i mean especially if you take it from the realm of of they have all the tag titles they have all the top titles someone should collect both the mid-card titles theoretically and i know a lot of people have said and i do not disagree with this but a lot of people have said that it should be solo sokoa he's currently in nxt he's the younger brother of the usos and he is absolutely phenomenal dude i don't know if you've gotten a chance to see him yet or not but he is fantastic has he gone by a different name on the indies he may have but definitely not in any version event of wwe okay because yeah i haven't seen nxt in a while he's he's amazing i can uh, if you just trust me on that one uh i did a bit of fan art for him once too because he did a one match particular where he was in uh he did it was pretty cool he did like umaga face paint but he only did like half of his face in it so it kind of reminded me of a mix between the usos doing their half face paint and the umaga face paint so it was like a, yeah. a meshing of the two of them well, uh, and, and it was really cool so i i did a drawing of him in that half face paint with kind of his head down and a picture of Umaga kind of like behind him. And when I tweeted it out, he literally followed me and messaged me and like thanked me for the art. thought it was great. And so like oh, super nice. nice dude who doesn't have to go that far, right? A lot of people like it, retweet it, or not even acknowledge it. He reached out. Like I thought. Acknowledge me. Right? Right? I mean, and to be honest, when you do fan art, that's all you can hope for is just a little bit of acknowledgement. Can you just at least tell me you yeah. saw it? You know what I mean? 
Yeah, so, even just a like, of, you know, whatever. Exactly, exactly. And you know what? Naomi's always been great on that, too. Sasha Banks shared one of my drawings once, but Naomi's always, like, yeah. made a comment or retweeted, and the Usos as well. So that whole family, as far as I'm concerned, Paul Heyman retweeted one of my drawings of him. Like, uh, So as far as I'm concerned, they're the ones. You know what I mean? Like, Do you think it – so if Sammy's the fourth or um, – what was the guy you just mentioned? Solo Sokoa? Oh, yeah. If, so if he's the fourth that gets the mid-card titles – do you think Heyman's the one to get the twenty-four-seven? Oh, that'd be good. He'd make a great twenty-four-seven awesome champion. Be, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, it would be. Like, it would remind me oh, when Bad Bunny had the twenty-four-seven title and Damian Priest was always behind his back, and people were like, "All yeah, right, I'll leave him alone." I was gonna say, yeah, like a little weasel <laughs> going around. Hey, he wants to fight me for this. Ah, no, not 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 today, Junior. Type yeah. of thing. <laughs> like, I'm just saying, if you know, if they're going the uh, undisputed era route, where they get everything, yeah, literally I can see everything. that. I could see that. I mean, I don't know where else you go from, and that's what I was saying before about the possible dissension of the bloodline. Do we really need it yet? I don't know. I'm probably ready for a little bit of a shift with it, but I've been liking the ride, so it's a little hot, tough to say. But I'm loving this edition of Sammy. And I could see Sammy getting the Intercontinental Championship and then trying to come out with the bloodline, like saying, like, look, guys, we all have, and like just being a whole thing where they're like trying not to, but at the same time being like, yeah, it doesn't look bad, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'd be okay with it. Yeah. It's uh, funny, it's... I was watching it uh, with my son, and uh, Shinsuke and Sammy came out, and he he's like, yes, yes, you know. Cool, I don't know who to vote for. And then the match was going on. And I don't know who he thought it was, but he midway through the match he realized that it was Sami Zayn. And then he's like, Oh, yeah, I want Shinsuke to win. <laughs> <laughs> I was like I thinking to myself, I was like, who did you think it was? Like yeah. who did he look like? Or Roman, yeah. Like because he had to recognize the shirt. And I was just like, all right. Mm. That's Shinsuke. That's funny. Yeah, I don't I don't get along with your kid very well. Yeah. Didn't they give him a Sami Zayn figure just to upset him? No. You're thinking of a different kid. And you might have given him the Sami Zayn thing, but he liked Sami Zayn. Okay. I remember, I remember for a while getting the kids all sorts of different. I remember getting your kid a Charlotte toy. An elite Charlotte, and I remember your kid literally looking at it. And went, oh, here, ma, you can have it. Gave it to his mom. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want this. I was all like, hell yeah! <laughs> and I was like, but you this see, one... your Becky and your Oscar need someone to beat up. So here you go. Yeah, and the Sasha was there too, and uh, I think Alexa. Alexa. Yeah, probably a Bailey, yeah. but yeah, there's a Bailey there. But yeah. yeah, they got to beat up somebody. Yeah. This one thinks she's going to win all the time, Mom. I don't want it. Yeah, guess what? Not in my house. Yep. Awesome. Well, I've been loving everything uh, Sammy's been doing, and his matches with Shinsuke have been great. And oh, yeah. I love that he's kind of bringing back the 10-count thing. Yeah. 
I hope that he leans in like he did during the pandemic era where he starts saying like, it's much more difficult to keep someone on the outside for 10 seconds than it is to keep them down for three. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, real quick, just going back and forth between uh, this match and the main event of Raw with Asuka and Becky. Yeah. Was A, I hated that they finished kind of in the same way. But Shinsuke and Sammy pulled it off so much cleaner and better. Mm. Like, it was like Sammy rolls in and boom, Shinkasa. And I was like, fuck yeah. You know, game over. And then, yeah, the end of Raw, obviously we'll get there, but that was kind of a, a botchery. It was a little bit, but I, a part of me was like, because Sammy and Becky have like tweeted each other here and there. And part of me was wondering if it was like a, just a little bit of a nod of like she's taking coaching from Sammy or something. Like it was, oh, yeah. I got a kick out of that. But yeah, yeah, this was amazing where he, they tried to get each other counted out. And then right as Sammy runs in, he catches the shin or the knee mm-hmm. to face, as it were, uh, Kinshasa. Like it was, yeah, the timing of it was so fucking good that I was like, holy shit. Like I was, I was caught off guard watching it. And I was like, oh shit. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, it wasn't you... televised, it was like the, you know, he didn't do the thing in the rope. Sammy just rolled in and boom. Yep. Hopefully. Yeah, 100%. Just blindsided him. Uh, what do you think of the Happy Corbin stuff? So we had uh, the happy happy talk with Happy Corbin where he's really talking shit on Madcap. They replayed twice that he crushed Madcap's neck in the chair with uh, mm-hmm. with the, the statue. Then he beats the shit out of the award and holds it up over his head. What do you think of this presentation of, of Corbin? Like, we knew it was going to come here or come to this. Like, you know, they were going to be together, have a falling out, blah, blah, blah. They've kind of even teased it before I even left, mm-hmm. where Madcap started telling jokes about Corbin. Or yep. Corbin was the punchline and stuff. And, you know, we knew it was going to happen. Truthfully, I did not like him destroying the Andre trophy. Mm -hmm. Because to me, it was not so much a dig at Madcap as it was almost a dig to Andre. Yeah, I didn't love that. I didn't love that either because like they always show zoomed in the etched names on it, whether they're there or not. And yeah, yeah part so of it was a little like, mm. yeah. To me, to me, it's similar to like the Stanley Cup, where mm. there's one trophy. It's yeah. not you know so much there's a replica. And Corbin yeah. made reference of it that oh this will match my the one I have at home, but it's like wait it doesn't because like you said the names are different the nameplates and stuff like that. And to me, it'd, it'd be like if you took any other award that was named after somebody and destroyed. Are you, you know, are you really slapping person in the face that was the recipient of the award or the award itself? And that's where I kind of was like, eh. if he used it to, you know, just do the whole neck thing and hurt Corbin, I might be okay with it. But for him to actually destroy it, that's where I was kind of like kind of drawing the line 
Because, yeah, if someone destroys the Vince Lombardi Award, no one's saying, oh, it's disrespectful to the Giants or the... I'm just going to say the Giants because Shakes, friend of the show, uh, news member Shakes, huge Giants fan. So I'm going to say, like, if if the Giants win the Super Bowl and someone destroys the Vince Lombardi Award, no one's saying, like, oh, that's disrespectful to the Giants. They're going to say that's disrespectful to the legacy of Vince Lombardi. Yeah, and, and that's almost what happened when this past year, or not this past year, but last year, um, Tom Brady had it. And Tom Brady was clearly, you know, a couple oh, yeah, sheets yeah. to the wind. Like, he was wasted, and he threw it from boat to boat because they yeah. didn't have the traditional parade. They had the boat parade. Yeah. You know, he threw it to Gronk, and everyone's like, oh, you know, oh, my God, that's disrespectful. What if he dropped it? What if, you know, he, you know, and it's like, you know, okay, so that's not on the team. That's on to the trophy, disrespecting the trophy. I got to ask. exactly when Tom Brady threw it to Gronk, did it have a perfect spiral? Well, no. Oh. Because <laughs> it's not just the football. It's you know, that all things to it. <laughs> Plus, yeah, Tom Brady, Brady was drunk as fuck. Can you imagine if he held it, though, by the football part of it and like tried to throw it like it was the a football? Laces and, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and if it, if it rotated like that, it, Gronk probably would have dropped it. <laughs> I mean, no, you got a football coming with the fucking huge ass fucking foot. <laughs> broke his fucking hand. No, Gronk would have caught it over his shoulder while looking back. He'd have been no problem. <laughs> Boom. Uh, but, you but, know, yeah. but that's where I'm coming from. Yeah. That, where everyone was like, hey, that was disrespectful of Tom Brady, knowing that there's. At least I think there's like the Lombardi trophies, I would imagine, because I think they have them displayed. Cardinals don't have one, so I don't know, know what the fuck I'm talking about. Yeah. But I would imagine there's reference to the Lombardi trophies. But the level of respect or disrespect that Tom Brady showed in some people's eyes by throwing it. Yeah. I'm just glad that when Gronk caught it, he didn't Gronk spike it through the fucking boat into the fucking bay. That's funny. <laughs> Boom. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's interesting, though, when you mention it, because I see a lot of people, including, uh, quote, in quotes, reputable dirt sheets, as I like to say, uh, who were shitting on the segment in general, saying that because Michael Cole had said that the Andre the Giant Battle Royal winner has gone on to launch a number of careers. And people were like laughing at it, making fun of it. Oh, it's never made anybody. But realistically, when you look at the list of the winners of it, it's people we all typically respect and regard very highly. You know what I mean? Like, you could say the same about the Intercontinental Championship. It's gone on to launch a bunch of careers. Did every Intercontinental Champion win the world title? No. But are their careers legendary in their own right? Yeah. Yeah. But if you notice when they refer to the IC, on how many Hall of Famers have held that. Yes. You know, they don't say that to, to the world and obviously not the Universal. But they don't sit there and say, oh, the world has been held by this many Hall of Famers because more Hall of Famers held the IC than the world. Yes. I think. I'm coming to that conclusion. Yeah. But now I I'll would imagine that, that's the case. Yeah. And when you look at it, like the first winner was Cesaro in 2014. Mm-hmm. How did He's his career go afterwards? Career. His career yeah. after that was great. Doing the tag run. People are upset that they didn't re-sign him. They couldn't come to negotiations. Like, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you could argue that 
that the winning of that tight of that of that battle royal was the highlight of his singles career, launching him into tag team stardom. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, Big Show won it after that, and everyone felt like he needed to. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, Corbin won after that in 2016. He's had a hell of a career since then. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mojo Rawley, you could argue that yeah. was a highlight of his career. <laughs> Uh, Matt Hardy, Hall of Fame career, no matter how you cut it, one of the winners of it. Didn't start his career. Braun Strowman in 2019 definitely started his singles run up into the Universal Championship. Uh, Jey Uso. Yeah, I mean, with uh, Strowman, it separated him from uh, the Wyatt. Yes. Yep. Uh, Jey Uso during the time when they were calling him main event Jey Uso definitely solidified him as being a singles threat which they still mm-hmm. carry around and they, ended up made, they made main event Jey Uso t-shirts you know what I mean like it was during a time where he needed to solidify himself as a single star and this is one of the ways they did I'm, that I'm just glad they're not making any more of the left handed stranger shirts yeah that's a good point uh, and then you got Madcap Mouse right now which until this particular win he was seen as a lackey to Corbin and part of the Corbin team, right? Like this solidifies Madcap yeah. as a solo act, right? So although I'll say, yeah, we've had eight winners. Not all of them have gone on to win the Universal Championship, but not none of them either. And you could make the argument that these were identifiable moments of pushing someone's career. So just the idea that someone would laugh at and make fun of the idea of it in general. Look, it didn't they didn't walk around with the, with that trophy for very long. Right. And it makes sense, but I agree with you. There's a certain point where at the end of the day, it's meant to memorialize Andre. Mm. who was the king of the battle Royals because he was in so fucking many of them. Cause he was a giant, uh, territory days concept, but yeah, uh, you're right. It, it feels a little more disrespectful to the, the, the trophy than it does to madcap. But yes. you're going to have a hero madcap come along and hopefully take down Corbin and reestablish that that trophy as being something of importance would be the hope, I suppose, right? That's mm-hmm. the difference between sports entertainment and NFL is that there can be a story of a good guy reestablishing cre- uh, credibility, right? Is that WWE admits that they're scripted? Dude, people get so mad at me in my real life when they're talking about basketball teams and boxing matches, and I go, well, tell me the story, and then they'll kind of lay it out. I was like, okay, so this person's going to win in probably this many rounds, or this this game's going to go in probably that many. And they're like, why are you saying that? I was like, because it's all wrestling, dude. That's the, that's the story that's going to make the most money. And then they always tell it's- me I'm full of shit. They hate it. And then when it actually pans out to be the case, I'm like, at least wrestling is honest. It's sports entertainment. Yep. And yep. give him the wink. And yep. <laughs> but um, the other thing I was going to say real quick about that is with uh, Big Show winning yeah. the Andre, um, if I remember correctly, and I could be way off, but I think this was the only Battle Royal Big Show won in WWE. That's probably right. Cause he never because won I Rumble. think I remember... Yeah, because I think I remember watching it, and they kind of made mention to it, and I'm like, you got to be fucking kidding. And it's not even a rumble. It was just a battle royal. Yeah. And I was like, well, fuck, he's got to win it. Like, he has to. 
and of course he won. And I was like, I, you yeah. know, I, yeah, I played right into your card. But for that to be, you know, his only one, then you know, yes, it didn't launch his career, but at the same time, like you said with Matt Hardy, it solidified it. Yeah, it definitely made a, it definitely made an impact. And I think that if you were to ask Big Show about highlights of his career, I don't think he would completely ignore winning the Andre the Giant trophy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I think yeah. that would be something. He may not say top five, but I think you'd be hard-pressed to have a top ten from him where he didn't mention that win. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because Andre meant so much to him as a person and as, as yeah, well, a Well, he was Andre's son. Yeah. Which is bad. Anyone who watches WCW that. knows that. <laughs> yeah. This is no different than Dominic winning the tag titles with his dad. It's yeah, proud it's basically the moment. same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's his namesake for Christ's sake. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there would no be, or there wouldn't be no the giant without Andre the giant. Yeah, that's a good point. It's a good point. Uh, well, I will say we talked way more about Happy Corbin and the Andre the Giant Battle Royal than I than I think we <laughs> I had anticipated. So we'll move it along a little bit. Uh, it was Drew- good content. It was. Wasn't Corbin's promo there <laughs> fucking awesome, though? Yeah, it was. Like, I was actually legitimately, with no jokes, impressed and surprised at how good Corbin was telling that story. Mm-hmm. I didn't, not because I didn't think he was capable, but because they don't always allow him to dig in that way. And I yeah. felt like he really was like, you guys keep forgetting that I'm really good at this. You know yeah. what I mean? And even like, when he went to the the uh, the replay, the video replay, and he's like, "Yeah, well, just luck," you know. And he played yeah. into it. The segue into that was so good. And by the way, so you know, once again, watching with my son, he he saw that, you know, the the chair spot and stuff, yeah. and he goes, "Did he kill him?" Yeah. I was like, "Yes, yes, he yeah. did." There's a really good he's chance. Not there tonight. Yeah, I think he's dead. I don't know if they showed the part but Baron Corbin as they were putting uh, Madcap Moss into the uh, ambulance he said have a fun trip to the uh, Moss Biddle they should have put that that's awesome I did not see that yeah, you missed the good one. I'm bummed I missed it yeah Yeah. I mean that was pinnacle humor too because they've been doing all these puns the whole way and then to throw yeah. in Mospital, brilliant yeah. art. As art, yeah, he's an you artiste. Want... Yeah, an artiste. <laughs> uh, Drew Gulak versus Gunther. I don't think you've seen. Did you see Walter in NXT or NXT UK? Yes, yes, I'm very familiar. Because okay. I watched. It was a uh, pay per view that we watched where it was. Oh my gosh, who was it? It was Walter and somebody, and it was just strong style, like crazy, like the slapping of the chest, and both chests were beat fucking red. Was it Champa? Did you see that one? I don't think it was Champa. Oh, you know what? It was older. It was the NXT UK Championship. It might have been Pete Dunn. I think it was Pete Dunn. I th- I was gonna say Dunn, but because Dunn dropped the exactly title to Walter sure. that that time. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was Pete Dunn. Well, Pete Dunne and Walter both rest in peace. We have Butch and Gunther now. (laughs) 
But yeah. Dude, and Butch and Gunther need to be. Dude. Oh, God. As much as I want to see a third member of Imperium, and they haven't called him Imperium, but you have Gunther, you have Ludwig. We need a third because we want them to go up against the Fight Night or whatever they're calling them because they keep changing the name of Fight Night with Seamus, Ridge, and, and Butch. I yeah, want so badly. Fight Night, I was confused. I was like, that's fucking stupid. Especially when Butch had his match and he came out to Seamus's everything. I was like, yeah. That's like, true. That's true. They need to separate them a little bit. Yeah. Bella! Yeah, I'll give you that. But to circle yeah. back a little bit, Drew Gulak versus Gunther. What do you think about this? Uh, it was pretty much exactly what I would expect, seeing Walter versus Drew Gulak. And how do you feel about how they're they're showing off Gunther at this stage? Well. This is my first taste of him as Gunther. Yeah. So I'm okay with it. Like, you know, build him up. Big dude. He's in a lot better shape than he was as Walter. Yes, true. I'll say this. My greatest disappointment in the Gunther Ludwig teaming is that they let Timothy Thatcher go. Because Timothy Thatcher was originally part of what they called RingConf in the UK. Uh, and it was uh, Walter... Uh, I want to say it was four of them. It was Walter, Walter, Timothy, and the two other members of Imperium. Uh, this would have been a perfect spot. Especially if you're not going to bring up Bartholomew. I don't know what happened to him. He didn't come up with them to the main roster. They kind of wrote him off on NXT. And it makes me think that we're going to see at some point that his contract's expired and he's done. I get the impression he just doesn't want to be there anymore. Uh, this would have been a perfect spot to put Thatcher in because he fits so well with these guys and their theories and, and, and their presentation that it would have been absolutely perfect to do a three-man team Imperium with Thatcher, Gunther, and Ludwig. It's my biggest disappointment of it is I love everything about what they're doing and feel like it's still missing an ingredient. I don't know how they fill that void, you know? I mean, they're creative. I mean, you know... I think, you know, we talked about it earlier about the brand separation and, you know, as much as we don't want to see it on the phone, not in the show. But uh, the only thing is that only positive if there is, a, you know, dissolve of the brand separation is Survivor Series will actually be Survivor Series. Mm. Where you would have Fight Night versus Imperium, you yeah. know, you'd have the Bloodline versus the RK Stoners. Yeah. Like, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, it would be, because I love Survivor Series. Growing mm. up, random tangent, once again, this is what the show's about. Growing up, out of the four major papers, Rumble was always my favorite. And, you know, followed by WrestleMania because WrestleMania is WrestleMania. But Survivor Series was always there. I always thought SummerSlam was very lackluster and it wasn't a big thing. You know, it, it is what it was, but when you compare them to the four, it was the bot. Yeah. But now to me, like Survivor Series has easily taken the bottom date of that. And yeah. even if you say the top, because aren't there supposed to be five now with money in the bank? Like, yeah. the... You know, Survivor Series is the most lackluster, boring, premium live event in WWE right now. 
and build. So I would say get... builds more so because I think they usually show oh, yeah. up on the matches. The matches are always great, but the build there just feels like yes. static. Yeah, and and it's, and it's pointless yeah. outside of dragging rage. It's pointless. No storylines continue for the most part. Like it's pointless. Yep, and they so, don't even brag. They have bragging rights, and then they don't brag. Yeah. You won the right to brag, and, the only, and then you didn't do it. <laughs> out of the last four or five years, the only thing that came out of Survivor Series that I even liked remotely was that the New Day won the tag team uh, Survivor Series match. So Raw didn't get – or was it Raw or – Yeah, it was Raw. I think didn't it was Didn't get Raw. the clean sweep. Didn't get the clean sweep, and New Day came out with, you know – seven and one shirts or whatever the hell it was yeah yeah and i was like that's awesome that's hilarious yeah but you know because the tag team match if you didn't see it was on the pre-game or uh pre-show and yeah but yeah anyways obviously yeah they didn't count it that. they didn't count it the yeah. whole time it was crazy so yeah they're uh, like oh it's a sweep it's a sweep no they won they won the first match yeah it was a sweep after that but the first match was yeah, but anyways. So let me ask you about this then, as long as we're on the topic before we keep moving. You had uh, Xavier Woods and Butch and the Fight Night crew, and then Xavier Woods says that he's going to bring on somebody that Fight Night not, is not going to like to help team up with the New Day. I've got no clue who they're talking about or who they're hinting at because I don't feel like they gave any clues. But do you think it's possible that Woods – and Kofi team up with Gunther to take on Fight Night and then have the numbers advantage because Ludwig's on the outside and all three of Fight Night is on the inside. So they take a numbers advantage, plus it's fucking Gunther, and then you can start the Gunther versus Fight Night storyline? I mean, it would be interesting, and I think it would be more, you know, fandom, fan fiction mm -hmm. type of thing. Okay. But to me, I think... This is going to be a return. Okay. It feels it feels like you know you know like I said I haven't watched in a while but to me this feels like this is a return spot. Mm. Who it is I don't know. You know. You know it'd be amazing because no one's talking about it and it's been real quiet and hush hush. What if it's Cesaro? I mean that would be great. Like that'd be like a holy shit. The last you know, thing we've moment. heard is that they were not able to negotiate on the contract, and mm -hmm. Cesaro has not shown up anywhere else. And his non-compete expired. It's been up. It's been up. And that's why people kept thinking he was going to be in the Owen Hart tournament. But what if here he comes back, it's Kofi and Woods, and you have Sheamus, Butch, and Ridge there, and then, and then behind the fucking New Day, here comes Cesaro? And you just have Sheamus get fucking pissed? Mm -hmm. I mean, the story's right there. Yeah, I mean, like, that'd be amazing. And like hey, I said, Bru when I... When Bruce, I, I know you're listening. First... Bruce, go ahead, give Cesaro a call, make sure it's happening. Yeah, do it, <laughs> okay. Heard it here first. Heard it here first. But like I said, just from the feel of it, it feels like more of a return than somebody just coming over. Even somebody coming over from Rock. It feels yeah. like a return and the only hint we had is that that Wood said that it's someone that Fight Night is not going to like. Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, how, you know, and who what else? more of it? Yeah, what more would it be of, you know, hey, you were one of us. You were, you know, it was me and you. 
Yeah. We started fight night type of thing with the bar. Yeah. The bar. The bar. Yeah, hundred percent. That's what I like. But to anyways, see. real quick, and this is what kind of got me on the tangent of Survivor Series. You know, when I watched Raw, was uh, the Pinnacle or whatever the fuck they call Edge's group. Judgment like Day. This seems Judgment Day. Judgment Day seems like a perfect Survivor Series team. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, even if it's, you know, it'd be fishy on how you do the women in there, but they keep saying there's more members joining this and that. And how do you stop the judgment? Yes. You know? Yeah. Like, anyway, so that's that's where I kind of got on the topic this week. And, you know, but yeah. anyways, going back. Yeah. Cesaro return right here would be fucking awesome. I think it'd be a huge pop. Friday night, SmackDown on Fox, the A show. Raw, Raw's definitely the B show. Uh, feels like it. Feels like it. Uh, the Max Dupree. That was so fucking confusing, and I have no idea who the fuck that guy is. But I always already want to punch him in his fucking throat. Man, he's killing it then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, I don't know who you are, but I feel like I need punch. Yeah. Just want to fucking knock you out. Uh, Max was Dupree... Was he the dude that was with Aaliyah in NXT? No, that's Robert Stone. Okay. okay. Max Dupree was in NWA as Eli Drake, Shoes of a Champion, notably. Okay. And on, in NXT, he was LA Knight. Oh, okay. Because, uh, you know, he looked familiar, and I'm like, who are you? And then he's like... Oh, I'm looking for male porn stars. I'm yeah. like, eh, Val Venus is not here anymore. I think Maximum Male Models is an interesting name. Because, I mean, it's the MMM, Triple M. Like, I'm not sure what you do with it that's clever. Uh, you turn uh, it upside down and it's a website, baby. Yeah, maybe. www.mmm.com.org. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, yeah. Here's the deal, though. To me, I've been saying it since I've seen him live. I don't know that there's anybody really, truly better at any of this than this guy. Whatever you want to call him, LA, Eli Drake, he made it work. I mean, it was his idea, but he made it work. Mm. LA Knight was also his idea, and he made it work. And people shit on LA Knight the whole time. They hated it. They said it sounded like a hockey team. I didn't particularly love the logo they gave him. I, didn't I mean, really... it, that's stupid because the Los Angeles Knights or Kings are a hockey team. Yeah. So that's stupid, but people aren't. But he made it work. Also. And it made it work. And he would go out there and he would do the thing. He does the point that he does. It's the three syllables. As long as he stays in three syllables, he can make it work. And he did the. He would do the thing, and the whole crowd would L A Knight, and they'd go Yeah, and they would do. He can get the crowd. So the idea that his name is Max Dupree. To be honest, I like Max Dupree more than I liked L.A. Knight. But also, regardless I know, of that... on L.A. Knight when he first came out. I did? But, well, you, you hated the name. Yeah. I hated the name, but I was also like, but I'm going to give this dude benefit of the doubt that he's got an idea here, and he made it work. Oh, yeah. He got the ground, ground, uh, crowd on his side, and I think with Max Dupree, he's going to do the same thing. The only thing to me is that I don't know what you do with um, the three letters of 
MMM, especially if his name's Max. Max is maximum male models. You know what I mean? Like, mmm. Here comes mmm. That's what it felt like to me. Oh, I hope they don't lean on that. Like, That's mm. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh, I don't know, but there's unless nobody. They like, unless they do like a Rick Rude type of thing. Yeah. And, you know, they come out and you can hear the ladies chant our name. Mm. Mm. <laughs> All I can say is that this guy, the performer under any moniker, is one of the greatest in the industry today in my mind. And I'm willing to see what he's got. And I think he's going to get it over. And I think it's going to be is what it is. But this was our introduction to him. It was a little weird. He's quite a close talker. He was right up in his Very face. He's like, I hope that motherfucker is chewing on gum and swallowed some breath mints. Because if he had a cheeseburger seconds ago. Yeah. Yeah. Good if Lord. he had a blooming onion fucking out bag. Yep. He's talking to me like this. Like, hey, how you doing? Holy shit. Back up, bro. Yeah. We've talked about a lot of the stuff that's already happened here. The only other thing that we haven't talked about on SmackDown, we're going to talk about Raw right now, uh, because we talked about the main event and everything like that, was Raquel and Shotzi, the Aaliyah thing. What did you feel about any of that? Um, Well, like I said... I'm disappointed that we don't get a giant Gonzalez. Mm-hmm. And, she, you know, I love Shotzi. Big fan. You know, I just don't like where she's at right now. And But then yeah. again, it's one of those, hey, she's on TV. Is that a good thing? But, they let her talk a lot this time. And I thought her, her backstage segment was great. I thought the last couple times she's been back there talking, she sounded great. Mm-hmm. Which is not nothing, but yeah, it's not where I want her. Yeah. But it's something. We're getting somewhere. Yeah, and that's where I'm at. It's not where I want her. Like, I think she's a better talent than that. But it's weird because, you know, I don't watch NXT regularly, but seeing Raquel, I thought she was, like, the bad guy. Yeah. In some, you know, the heel. So to see her all of a sudden being babyface, I'm like, whoa, you have a giant babyface, basically, yeah. in the women's division. It feels I – mean, I'm curious to see where it goes, but it just feels a little awkward. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Something hey, about her has been real clunky. I'm going to pick you up and you know hold you like a baby and bring yeah. you into the back after I beat your ass. Yeah. It seems it's a little, a little weird. awkward, like I said. I've been really confused by the Raquel presentation. Overly smiley, too nice and friendly, and I feel like I'm not I'm not feeling it the same way. But at the same time, like oh, this isn't you know this isn't the final version, so we'll see how how we get. No, hundred percent. And I, you know, without the you know comedy of being, her being Jane Gonzalez, like how much would it like as an old wrestling fan, like if she went toe-to-toe with Shotzi and just kind of looked at her and wanted to do like the test of strength like I would have been like fuck yeah that's a shout out yeah. to the old school like that's yeah. awesome. I agree and I think you can easily pull it off and you know it's a subtle you know nod to like I said the old school the pioneers and it'll work I agree 
I agree with that. Uh, let's talk raw. We talked a lot about raw already, but let's start with let's start with the end. You had uh, stuff you want to say about Becky Lynch versus Oscar? Yeah, I mean it was you know a typical Becky Oscar match. You knew Bianca was going to get involved without a headset on, sitting ringside in you know the computer chair. And you know I thought it was what it was, but outside of the finish, it was decent. You know, they botched the finish. I I really wish Asuka would have kicked out and then Becky hit her with something to end it. Well, because hmm. the well, way they Becky came rolled in, in with the umbrella and got spit on and then lost like that, yeah? Or no, 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 no. I'm thinking of two weeks ago. You're right, you're right, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. no, they, they kind of just rolled in and Becky just kind of... It, it, it looked weird, but Becky tried to do like a you know a finesse finish type of thing yeah. and just kind of pinned oh yeah it wasn't even a roll up yet i was like exactly was like, yeah yeah, yeah. like that oscar that's rolled in it. and then yeah becky goes for like a pin and then just got the pin and it was yeah. almost like and then it was over what yeah and i was like it wasn't even a roll up it was just a yeah just it a was pin. weird yeah, yeah. and that i was, was like really weird Pull the shorts, there was something that just needed, you know, something misfired, and they didn't fix it before. I know. I was, when I remember, when I was watching, I remember thinking, was she supposed to get the count out victory, and Asuka didn't catch that? Because Mm -hmm. then, like, she rolls in, and it's almost like Becky just says, stay down, and just goes, like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it was almost just all, like, this is it. And it was like nothing in between. Like you would think that the Oscar mm-hmm. would run in and catch a manhandle slam, and then that'd be it. Or even like it would have been so great if she hit her with the curb. Yeah. Like yeah, catch went, her with a curb stop, and then boom. Yeah. Yeah, and then it was like, but like I said, like or like you said rather, it almost feels like that wasn't supposed to be the finish, and it was Becky like, hey, we're out of time. Like, have to pin. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it you was know, really and, weird. You know, it was strange. And truthfully, I don't know. Because to me, it, it seemed like, like I said, a finesse finish. Like, Becky was trying, not so much a roll-up, but, like, one of those, like, pretzel pin type of things. Yeah. I don't know how to describe them. I don't know yeah. what they're called. But, like, she tried that and then just kind of kind of just held her down without holding her down. And then Oscar yeah. looks up like, are you kidding me? That's not three. That's not three. Like, pissed off. I'm like. She didn't grab the tight. She didn't, you know. Yeah, it was a outside weird... of that. Yeah, it was. It was a decent match, but yeah, it was good. Hmm. Uh, we talked about Riddle Street Profits, Usos, and Sammy. We talked a little about the Judgment Day, but you want to talk a little more about the Judgment Day? What do you we think about this? We didn't. We hmm? didn't talk about the uh, Riddle and Street Profits. We talked about that on. Well, then talk about it. What did you want to say about Riddle Street Profits against Usos and Sammy? I loved their intro there. I love Sammy being a part of it. Sammy doing the We the Ones. Loved it. Oh, yeah. That was all great. It was just, you know, not watching in a couple of months. Like, it was weird just seeing Riddle just thrown, mm. you know, with the Street Profits. And after, hey, RK Bro might be done. Randy yeah. might be done. He can't walk. You know, it just... It was weird just seeing the Street Profits there, and they didn't come out with as much hype and as much energy. 
So Street Profits, you've been missing it, uh, have been trying to be more serious. Well, what I should say is that Montez Ford is showing clear efforts of being taken more seriously when talking. Dawkins remains to be a clown. And then Montez remains to sell like a clown. But while he's talking and while he's coming out, Montez is trying to portray himself more seriously. And they haven't seemingly come together as a unit and said, this is our presentation now. Dawkins still comes out like an absolute goof. Montez comes out because he's serious now. But in the match, Dawkins will sell more seriously, but Montez will sell like a clown. And it's this mishmash kind of um, almost like a Harley can almost like a Rubik's cube of like charisma here. Are we going for serious? Are we going for clownish? Are we trying to be funny? Are we trying to be taken seriously? Are we intense or are we goofs? And I feel like that they keep teetering back and forth to the point where anytime I get to the point where I'm thinking, okay, maybe we're going somewhere I can get behind. They say or do something where I go, all right, fuck it. Forget it. I don't know why I was invested to begin with. Right. Well, I felt that way when I first, uh, the last, thing I really saw with them is that I'm like alright this is going to be you know I thought the, the, the division of the two mm. but when you know because I was like it, it I, I felt that way before because I was like Montez is coming out more serious and stuff like that and Dawkins really isn't yeah <clears throat> but it was just weird, you know, not seeing them, like I said, for a while. And then all of a sudden, hey, this is where we get with Riddle just thrown in there randomly. Yes. Even though Riddle has the storyline with the bloodline. Yes. It felt like uh, Riddle was the odd man out. A little bit. It was a little weird, especially because the last couple times we saw the Street Profits is because they were talking shit on RK Bro and saying they wanted a title shot and then losing. So for them to be like, hey, let's team up now. It's like, uh, team up with the losers? Like, it's weird. But yeah, the other thing is that I think Montez is constantly, like, in his matches trying to get gifs to happen. And I get that there's, like, you know, meme world is real. And uh, being a meme and a gif does get you a whole lot of eyes and stuff. But I feel like that the difference between being, like, a ricochet-style gif or like Sami Zayn being funny is I feel like that with Montez, his Superman dive, his diving and then dancing in people's faces, his ultimate warrior, stupid, uh, uh, rope thing. I feel like it reminds me more of when people mock wrestling and they say, watch this and try to tell me it's not real. Like, how can you say wrestling is fake when you see this? And then it shows like Santana with his snake puppet, I feel like Montez falls in that where people see it and they laugh at it and share it and it goes Santino. viral. Santino. What did I say? Santana? Yeah. Yeah, well, he's also a goof. But. Supernatural. I feel like that, that with him doing the Superman things, it's one of those like, oh, tell me it's not real when this guy's like flying around like this. And you go, yeah, I guess it's hard to argue mm. that it doesn't look super fucking choreographed and dumb. You know what I mean? Like, that's yeah. not what I want. And when people tag me in things or share stuff with me I don't want it to be where I'm suddenly having to defend why this thing is actually cool or difficult you know what I mean yeah well I don't defend it I just say hey fuck you if you don't like it yeah I just go okay especially if it's for it I go yeah I don't know 
Yeah. <laughs> I don't know his decision making. <laughs> yeah. But that's what it feels like to me. It's all like, oh, how do I become a GIF? And then it's also like, mm. well, the same way you become a joke or do something very impressive. Those are kind of yeah. your two options. Be a joke or be impressive. And he's, he's leaned on joke. You know, it is what it is. Yeah. We'll see where he is in, in a couple of years. Cause I think that we're going to have a much different Montez after a while. I think something's going to, something's going to budge, you know? Yeah. I almost want like a, not, not so much MVP, but like a, a president like that to be like, mm-hmm. Hey, like a return of an old guy as a manager almost like I don't want to say godfather mm. but like you know if he came back as the godfather like true not so much as a pimp but like a kiss my ring godfather oh like, yeah 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 hey I'll take you under my ring and I'll show you you know like I'm like oh fuck like, that'd be fucking cool <laughs> especially given the godfather storyline of being in nation of domination and stuff where it's like look mm-hmm. we can be serious like I got real fun after a while but I started real serious yeah. You know yeah. I mean, like you could have them even lean a little bit on both of them. Like it could be interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, whatever it's going to take, I want them to be a little more serious. I think they'd be easier to, to get behind if they were more serious. Yeah. Uh, so what do you think about the judgment day? Rhea Ripley, Damian Priest, Edge. We had them in a mixed tag against AJ Styles and Liv Morgan. Liv Morgan, you missed it last week. You had AJ and Finn in a match against Damian Priest and Edge. And at the mm-hmm. end, AJ and Finn did the two sweet. Liv was in the ring, and they kind of waved her over and said, hey, do it. And she, being a crazy person, Liv is such a crazy person. I love it. She's like, <laughs> and then does the two sweet. And I was all like, love it. Love it. Yeah. She's a, a crazy person and excited, and she can't hide it. And it's great. But so a lot of people are talking, is it the Bullet Club? Is it not the Bullet Club? Who owns the rights to Bullet Club? Who's allowed to be Bullet Club? Just because two members who founded it are together, that doesn't make them... It's so funny to watch the IWC oh, yeah. lose their mind over it. Yeah, they overreact. They overreact to the idea of seeing a pairing of people with a lot of history is a bit positive, you know? But I think adding live to it is fucking cool. Uh, what do you think about this presentation of Edge, Damien, and Rhea? Well, I can't stand his haircut. As soon as he cut his hair, I can't see. Just... Yeah, he's done for. Done for. Take back <laughs> yeah. the ring. Yeah, there's no Edge there anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I I like it a lot. You know, when I because I saw a couple weeks back when Damien and Edge got together, I was like a little like. I don't want to say confused, but a little like, all right, that's interesting. But then when I actually like looked at it and thought about it, I'm like, that actually makes a lot of fucking sense. Like, and I was, I'm like, fuck yeah, let's fucking go with it. And then when they, uh, Rhea was brought in, you know, I was like, everyone was like, oh, who's this? Who's this guy? This and that. I was like, well, that guy's got boobs, not a guy. Yeah. And, I was like, oh, it's going to be Beth. I was like, fuck yeah, that's cool. And then there's Rhea, and I was like, oh, it's even fucking better. Like, yeah. that's awesome. Like, I was like, yes, they make, like, they fit the mold. And now when they're, you know, now they're teasing more members and stuff like that. It's like, fuck yeah, who else? Like, this would be fucking really cool. You know, I know mm-hmm. they, his, 
excuse me, teased Liv. And I'm like, ah, eh, I don't want to see Liv there, but it'd be cool. AJ, I was like, yeah, that doesn't make sense. But, you know, whoever they pick, kind of rock star, you know, grunge type of thing. Like, you know, even when Edge was announcing, well, who is it going to be? This person, this person. When he mentioned Ciampa, I was like, fuck yeah, do it. You Ciampa know? would be cool. You know who I think no one's talking about that would be fucking perfect? It's T-Bar, the former Di- Di- Dominic Dijakovic. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because he needs a repackage one way or another, and he can be anything you give him to be. He didn't do a bad yeah. job with T Bar. The company did a bad job with Retribution. Yeah, yeah. Right. So I think that a guy like T Bar being involved, whether they call him T Bar, whether they drop it, call him Dijak, whatever they want to do, mm-hmm. I think if he was in that group, you'd you'd have some pretty great stuff. Oh yeah, I think he, that'd be great. Yeah, I think that'd be awesome. Is Mace? Not in WWE anymore? Mace is going to be a part, so far as we can tell, Mace is part of Maximum's male models. So he's going to come out as a male model and hopefully do the helicopter and rope someone with his, well, whatever. His magic mic. His magic mic. We'll see how it goes. Um, I'm a little confused of how it's going to be portrayed. I'm going to be honest. I'm excited for anything yeah. that the guy Max Dupree does, but I'm also like, I yeah, do not are. know what we're getting into. Yeah. It's going to be mean, a pretty girthy tag team, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unless they do it like <laughs> Zoolander style. Yeah, it's maybe. Like a mockery, almost, almost like... Uh, maybe. Brizango. But then it's like, man, then don't get rid of Brizango. They've been perfect for them. Yeah. All right. I'll give you that. Uh, Grim Reaper in the chat saying hi in the Ironics returns. Hell yeah. Cheers to the Grim Reaper. Uh, but yeah, back on track a little bit. The Edge promo. My only issue with this teaming is that I really, really have a hard time buying Edge in this bad guy role at this point in his career. I don't buy into anything he's saying. I don't find it overtly clever to call the audience ugly and fat and stupid. I find it to be like entry level day one bad guy 101 stuff. Well, if you want the crowd to boo, call them stupid and then they'll boo and you say, okay, I feel like Edge is at a part of his career where he should be showing us nuances and how things are done on a high level. And I show, I feel like what we're getting is bad guy 101. And to me, that underplays the actual abilities of Edge. And I believe more of Edge. And I think that as a fan base, we're booing him out of support and love for the guy, which is the opposite of a bad guy. We're not booing him because he's doing good bad guy stuff. We're booing him because he's asked us politely to boo him. And we're, we're accommodating because he's... He's our. He's one of our favorites. You know what I mean? Like that's my. That's how I'm feeling about it. I I can see that. I can easily see that because, and maybe that's the whole haircut. It's <laughs> like, hey, you need to dive into it. Like, you know, maybe you're getting pity booze here. It, right. It feels that's especially but, like I think about it when if you go to a local show, and someone comes out with a microphone, they're gonna say this city sucks. You guys are all ugly. I'm better than this. I'm better than you. And you know it. 
I've been saying it about MJF. When MJF does great heel promos, it's when he was digging into who he was as a kid and why he looked up to CM Punk and how that changed his whole demeanor. When CM Punk does, or when when MJF does normal heel promos, they're not impressive because he goes, "I'm better than you, and you know it. I'm in better shape. You're ugly. You know what yeah. I mean? It's it's one on one. You can get the same exact shit from a VFW. Yeah, the same the exact shit will, locally. The only thing I will say about MJF because I've seen it a few times, it's kind of like grinding my gears, you mm-hmm. know, Family Guy style, but. I've seen a few where he's at like signings and somebody comes out with like legit fan art and then he yes. like crosses it out and he's like, no, fuck this. And I'm like, dude, that's, you know, everyone loves it. And I'm like, dude, nah, you're just being a fucking asshole. Yeah. And I understand that's, you know, your gimmick, but now your gimmick is going to lose you some shit. I think. I think it's possible. You know, yeah. and I'm like, because if it was me, like, if I did something like that, I'm like, yo, bro, huge fan, look at this. And he marked it out. I would fucking slap him. I would just be like, fuck you. You know? As someone who draws their own fan art to take to things, like, um, Suzuki was really cool and, like, super appreciative. Uh, Hammerstone thought it was dope. Nick Gage asked if he could keep a copy himself. Mm-hmm. Um I sent one to High Spots when I was getting it signed for Paul, from by Paul Heyman and sent mm-hmm. a second one and saying this is a gift. He, Paul Heyman can keep it should he want it. And they said they were going to have a video that would show him signing all the stuff that was sent. And I never mm-hmm. saw the video, could never find it. High Spots is horrible if I'm being honest. I don't, I'm not a big fan of them. But um, I did get the signature back and not the second one. So if he didn't keep it, someone else did. But um, – he also retweeted it and liked it. Like, I mean, it, it says it means a lot when the people see it and they like it and respect it. Like Nick Gage asking if he could keep a copy because he was so happy with it. Like, pretty fucking cool. Mm. So yeah, if I went through the trouble of creating this art, depending on what it looked like, a print or otherwise, and they were to like, this is garbage and cross it out, it wouldn't make me feel too enticed to continue to spend money on somebody necessarily. Yeah, and and, and to me it was, you know, unless because there's a restaurant here in town that you know cowboy restaurant type of thing that if you wear a tie they make a oh. big stink about it you don't cut the fucking tie and people purposely either wear ties because they want that interaction or they make somebody not knowing wear a tie because that's going to happen and then they even say hey if you don't want this tie cut we understand like this is kind of our gimmick if you will Yeah. and they won't cut it but they'll still do the whole thing and stuff like that. So when I see something like that, the one I saw wasn't even a print. Like you could tell it was like a legit, like, you know, canvas and yeah, guy put it in, you know, the effort into it. And for him to just cross it out, I'm like, dude, I understand that's your gimmick. And even if you want to keep the gimmick, like where he could have written, he could have written this sucks and signed it. Yeah. And signed it. Yeah. And then, Instead, he crossed it off, and I think he threw it off the table. And I was yeah. like, fuck you. Like, fuck you. Yeah, like, like he ruins oh. the piece. Where he could have also been an asshole by just writing, I hate this, this is terrible, this yeah. sucks. You're an awful artist, signed MJF. But to yeah. like to, to damage the actual art of it all, too, is also like, okay, well, yeah, that's an extra step. Yeah. And I saw him do something else with, uh, like, a figure or something like that. 
Yeah. I forgot who it was, and they're like, oh, sign this, and he just throws it off the table. And I'm like, dude, like, coming from the geek world, and, you know, like, you just ruined the value of said figure, even if you didn't sign it. Yeah. He would have just said, no, I'm not signing that. Fuck you. You know, get this garbage out of my face. Without throwing it on this table, you still would have gotten the same response. Yeah. Sammy Guevara's in the same thing, but... Either way, sorry. Another. Yeah. Either way. Either way. Yeah. So my my feeling on Edge's promos right now is it's it's VFW 101, local wrestling 101. Hey, I want the yeah. the audience here to boo me. Call them ugly and say that they're stupid. Okay, boo, awful. Edge is doing the same thing week after week everywhere he goes. Oh, of course you guys wouldn't think this. You know who did it in a clever way? Chad Gable. When Chad Gable yeah. said, "I'm a 4.0," people booed, and he goes, "Of course this town would boo academic." success excellence yeah excellence yeah that's a funny knock on the same concept you can call them dumb without calling them dumb like yeah. chad gable did it master masterfully i'm gonna celebrate myself you'll boo and i'll say that of course this town wouldn't respect what that accomplishment means because you guys don't know what that's like right where edge mm-hmm. just literally goes out and goes look in the mirror if you guys want to see awful okay yeah. it, we're so good looking you wouldn't know what that looks like okay of course, this stupid town with hillbillies would think this. Okay, this is so basic. So basic. And that's my complaint is when I watch it, I go, I feel like I'm watching his first year as a bad guy. And he's yeah. better than that. He's a he goddamn does, he doesn't seem like. Yeah, he doesn't seem like somebody that's trying to usher in the new way. He just yeah. feels like somebody that's trying to get his footing in himself. And it's like, like you said, he's better than that. And I can definitely see where you're coming from. Yeah. So, yeah. Outside of that, though, on a grand scheme, I think the idea of him being a part of a larger stable that's bringing up younger talent and teaching them how to do things in a really cool way, I think is awesome. Mm -hmm. I think it's fantastic. Yeah. And maybe he's giving all the good lines to Rhea and Damien. That's possible because I think that Rhea and Damien are coming across better spoken on the mic than Edge, which is a crazy thing to say and think. Yeah. And, you know, I think Damien is – because Rhea is Rhea. She's – kind of got her footing already she's floundered a couple times but i think damien coming up i think he's floundered quite a bit yeah so for them to put them together and say hey take him under your wing this and that you know i was like holy shit that's awesome fuck yeah let's see where this goes but like you said with the generic you know you guys suck you guys are fat you know you want the the mentor to be giving out a little bit more. Yeah. For and sure. like you said, he might be spending too much time on their line. Cause when they speak, all of a sudden it's like, Holy shit. Fuck. Yeah. They drive it home and it's, you know, which could so even be the concept. Now. Yeah, exactly. Like that might be what they're going for. And we're just playing into it and fuck. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. It could easily be that Edge is going to be like, hey, I'm going to give you guys these great lines because people are going to think you're doing better than me. Mm-hmm. And if you can be perceived as doing better than Edge, that's amazing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was in the greatest wrestling match ever. The greatest wrestling match ever. Uh, yeah. So maybe that's the whole thing. And maybe we talked ourselves into it. And I'll tell you this much. If Edge were listening right now and that wasn't the whole thing, he'd be like, yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now it is. 
because he's also smart enough, and I think everyone is. But, yeah. And, again, I don't know if we have to keep saying it, but none of the stuff we say here to critique people are on the people and their actual abilities, the people they are, and all that stuff. And so we're all just – we're spitballing, having a good time with our drinking buddies, having a couple of drinks, talking wrestling, and breaking it down because we like it that not, much. Not because we not hate until it. You, yeah. Not until you throw my artwork on the floor. Well, yeah. I fucking physically assault you. Fuck you, dude. Uh Although, can you imagine, like, just for fun's sake, next time your kid brings you a drawing they did, just crumple it up and throw it away and say, thanks, man. Yeah, yeah. And kind of, like, walk away. Thanks, oh, buddy. Fuck this shit. <laughs> you can do better. But anyways, like, yeah, what, what the fuck is that? It's a giraffe. It's fucking not. That's why I asked. Yeah, like, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> You're not passing with this one. Mm-hmm. But anyways, what I was going to say, you know, because I don't think I got my point across with the, the whole restaurant thing, is maybe that's what the fans are trying to do. Is hey, I want this interaction. I want him to, you know, this to happen. And if that's the case, then, you know, cool. You got your reaction. Yeah, sure. But if it was a serious artwork and he threw it, oh, I'd be fucking mad. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't have anything to say about. The, well, what do you think about the presentation of Veer Mahan? Um, that was interesting. That. Lawler came out. I don't know if he was like a surprise thing. Yeah. Like I said, I wasn't watching. Um, it's weird because he feels like I don't know how to put this. Like they're putting like a, they put a German Shepherd in a fucking pug playpen. Yeah. And the pugs are just like oh, okay, and the German Shepherd like, hey, I'm a badass. I'm going to tell you I'm a badass. And they're like, yeah, we know. Yeah. Like, it's, Something's not clicking. Yeah, it's not driving it home as much as they would. And especially since, like, I don't remember when Veer was with Gender, like, if he spoke much or if at all. And But I was trying to, like, listen to, like, him speak here. And I'm like, to me, there wasn't, like, a, a language barrier type of thing like mm. like I'm like he, he knows English like yeah he's talking great cause, yeah cause it's not like a you know with, with Shinsuke with their like no you know he didn't say no obli English I forgot what he said yeah oh yeah speaking English yeah where he like, suddenly he forgets forgot English language. yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're like oh my god that's fucking you funny. know yeah I was like that was great but like I was like, he's speaking perfectly for so for when they ask him a question and he doesn't answer, he's almost teetering on that MJF like fuck you, I don't want to answer it. But without saying fuck you, I don't want to answer. Yeah, I think all I can say on behalf of Veer is I feel like he's putting a hundred percent of himself into this, and I think that that's a positive. And I think wherever they go after this will be the thing that clicks. I think that this yeah. is we're watching a lot of growing pains right now. That's mm-hmm. what it feels like. They're trying something. It's not working like they want it or envision it. But next thing, because I think he's uh, gaining the trust of backstage. At least I yeah. hope he is. Because yes. like I think he's 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 committed. You know, he's yes. Like, hey, this is me. I just wish he fucking like almost pull out a staged fucking. Uh, yes. What is it like the. Uh, gender reveal fucking uh, baseballs and just fucking yeah. chuck it at somebody's fucking head. Yeah. I hate how he walks. 
he walks out. If you watch him walk out, he walks out like a child pretending to be buff, where his arms are out real far. Oh, and yeah, his the, chest is like puffed out. The, and then he just kind of like wobbles out there. He looks like a kid trying to walk and look like his action figures. Because that's how puppy. the action figures are posed naturally. It's, it's Puff Daddy. That's how he got his nickname. Oh, maybe. Uh, when he was but, in middle school, he would puff out his chest and walk out all the time. Oh, really? Yeah, that's how he got his nickname. That's funny. Yeah. Well, but, so, yeah. Yeah, I, I haven't noticed that. But, and dude, like, he's a big dude. Like, he's... He's big already. And he's... Yeah, like, he doesn't need to do that. And his whole life is so inspiring, Disney made a movie about him. And we're not mm-hmm. leaning into that. The Million Dollar Arm is about him. Yeah. So, fuck, what do we do? Like, I don't know, it's just weird. I just, again, like you said, I think he's building good faith with creative and with the backstage and whatever that is. I think next we're going to get something that's going to be so easy to latch onto. But, dude, how easy would it have been? Because I, I couldn't remember the name of the movie, and now that you said Million Dollar Arm, like, how easy would it have been if, because uh, DiBiase, is he in NXT or did he go to AEW? He's nowhere. Ted DiBiase. Oh, I thought he was in NXT for a little bit. They did the million dollar okay. uh, championship with uh, LA Knight okay. and Cameron Grimes. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, that's where it was. Cameron Grimes. That's where I remember. But how easy would it have been, or how easy would it be if he was his um, protege type? Punk. Yeah, I don't want to say ballet. Uh, what is it? Manager. His manager. Uh, also, even yeah, say this: and, you could get to a point with, with yeah. a million dollar punch. Mm. Million dollar yeah. punch could do it. Million dollar heart punch. Yeah. Go back to the old heart punch thing. Yeah. You could even. Yeah. So, so L.A. Knight was calling himself the million dollar megastar. Mm-hmm. You could even have Max Max Dupree talk about adding a million dollar megastar to his roster and repackage beer there. Yeah. It's. I mean, we don't know what the what the fucking Maximilian's male models is gonna look like, but mm. we could get there. We could get there. That's what I mean. Maybe we have a. Mm. Mm. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. What do you think about Alexa Bliss's comeback? I'm kind of confused. Yeah. Yeah. She's kind of there. Like most people, when they come back, and especially, I think it has to do with. Was it Crown Jewel that she came back for for that match? Yeah. And then she showed up, had a match, and then was gone. Like, she just kind of seems there. Yeah. And then it, it seems like she's boosting up Nikki, like, hey, look at it. Like, I was one there. Therapy works, you know. And she's just floundering, truthfully. Like, I like I don't know how long she's been back, but she's there. That's it. And yeah. it's not a good thing. It feels super staticky for something somebody who's so talented. Her backstage mm-hmm. segments and interviews have always are always on point. I thought this last one she did was awesome, where she talked about like, "Oh, look at how far me and Nikki have come." I'm, I have my doll, and she dresses like a superhero, and then she even kind of like pauses and goes, "It sounds a lot worse when I say it out loud than it is." Trust me, it's yeah. Good. Oh yeah, it was so no, good was and great. so funny and on yeah. point. But then like you get the match, and the match wasn't bad. But afterwards, you go, "I don't know that we've gotten anywhere." I don't know that yeah, we're going 100%. anywhere. They just feel like yeah. these isolated bubble things, you know? The only thing but, that I think might be kind of cool is that if 
her and Carmela like had a thing. Well, my wedding was, you know, like <laughs> as bad as it would be, you know, just yeah. two women bickering like fucking uh, Real Housewives reality show style. Yeah, you know, but like it's something. There's substance there. That's true, and I will say that Carmela is very open about her love of all the Real Housewife TV shows. On her Instagram, she's constantly oh, yeah. <laughs> talking about him and gossiping about him. So if you were to pitch her something like, hey, it's going to be a little real housewife-wise, I feel like her eyes would bug, and she'd be like, okay, we could do this. I'm in. I'm in, yes. yeah. I'm in. But, yeah, something with substance, because right now it feels like yeah. you could take it or leave it every time she does something. You go, great job. It's done nothing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because right now I think we're at a crossroads with Alexa and Lily character. Because you either drop Lily or dive right back to fucking. Hmm. Because I think they still have Lily merch to move. If I'm telling you my honest opinion. Maybe. I but do. The fiend's returning ahead. at Hell in the Cell. Ooh, he's Probably definitely returning from Hell in the Cell. Stupid tweet. Yeah, we saw a really bad tweet. I almost said... want to retweet it, and, but at the same time, I, I don't want to give that person any kind of. Yeah. You know, eyes, but. For them to pull out that little fucking logo, look, look, it's the paint mask and the Hell in the Cell logo. You're like, what? According to who? Such a stretch. It's crazy. It's It was so funny. Because, yeah, it was like a couple of red wavy lines separated by a couple of white wavy lines. And I'm like, that clearly is the Fiend's mask. And you're like, no, it's really fucking not. <laughs> yeah. Like, it wasn't even close. Not even and close. I, when I first looked at it, I, I looked at the close-up and I was like, I don't see it. Maybe... I can see it on the far away. And I was like scanning the image. I was like, where's the far away? And I'm yeah. like, oh, it's right there. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. no. Nope. It's just two in one, right? It's the eyes and mouth concept. Sort of like there's been studies about it too where like people who look at clouds and stuff, they constantly see people and shapes and things. Like your mind will create a thing to create a recognition, right? So that's why, like, if you look at, like, your wall with, like, the stucco weird things, if you look at it long enough, you go, oh, my God, there's a face there. There's a face there. Because humans are so used to seeing other human faces, they add faces to things as long as there's two in one. I've done that with other random things, like pieces of wood and stuff like that. Yeah, Yeah, where I'm like, oh, you know, cool, that looks like this, but I don't sit there and, like, fucking dive into it and be like, definitely, guys, you know, like, what was it, the – the picture of Jesus in a Dorito or whatever that guy was trying to sell oh, the other yeah. day. And, oh, this is Jesus' Dorito. Like, you're like, wait, mm-hmm. what? Oh, yeah. Or like the old, uh, uh, was it Close Encounters, where he makes a mashed potato mountain. Goes, it means something. You go, yeah, it means you fucking yeah, are playing yeah. with your food. Yeah, eat your <laughs> fucking food, you brat. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyways, off that right. <laughs> Uh but moving along a little bit, yeah, I think that with uh, with Lily, what I do like is they've separated the supernatural from it and just had it be a thing she's carrying around. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like a security blanket concept, and they're not leaning too heavy on it even in her promos and stuff. She's not sitting there going like, oh, Lily gives me the power. Lily does this. They've really separated power from Lily from yeah. objective Lily, and so I do appreciate that bit. Uh, I actually bought my first official Alexa Bliss T-shirt. It was the little Alexa Bliss in the straight jacket with the little padded thing behind it, the padded walls. And then it's the one she started wearing when she came out. And I was like, it was on clearance. And I was like, fuck yeah, I'll throw that in. Uh, Because I had to get the Vincent Mann shirt. 
I wouldn't mind seeing a look at this tight end you just said. My well, blooded American could be could be Whoa. i don't know where did i put the thing because I, I bought the uh the vince mcmahon shirt that came with the billion dollar yeah I had the billion so you dollar needed a free shipping someone stole my billion dollars dude i just went broke oh i was rich a minute ago now i'm broke all right well oh, the police yeah someone stole a billion dollars from me oh well it is what it is man that's my life now um <laughs> but uh, Sports Beard coming in saying that uh, we're running long today and says, Good to see the two of you. Uh, cheers, Sports Beard. Uh, I normally run a little long. We always go a little long. I don't think we're doing too bad. Uh, there's two things. We talked MVP and Bobby Lashley a little bit. I don't think there's a lot there other than it just keeps going um, and it's yeah. fine and they're all good at what they do, so it is what it is. I, uh, the two things I wanted to get the most from you out of is A, we'll start with this one and then go to the, the one to, to, to bring it on home. Ezekiel, Chad Gable, Kevin Owens, you've been catching bits and pieces of it. What are you gathering of this storyline? I'm very confused. Good. Good. I understand. Yeah, I understand it because that's the whole concept of it. I grasp that. That is Ezekiel, Elias, this and that. And I think Ezekiel, especially because the last time I saw Elias, since he died, yeah. Rest in peace. Tears in my beers. Tears in my beers I, for Elias. I think Ezekiel would be perfect. Mm. Mm. <laughs> like, he just mm-hmm. seems the character. Like, he's like, when I first saw him, like, he's teetering, like, Mark Marrow, like, fringe around Johnny B. Yeah. Type of thing. And I'm like, fucking lean into it. Do it with. Mm. Mm. And I'm okay with it. Yeah, I could see that. What I like is this: is I, I this is the one out of everything that you've missed. The one thing that I wish you'd seen all of is every time Kevin Owens has been on TV since WrestleMania, because his storyline with Ezekiel is amazing. Ezekiel comes out, and Kevin Owens immediately goes. You're a liar. You're Elias. You're lying right now. And then Ezekiel goes like, "No, that's my older brother. I'm his younger brother, Ezekiel." And they go back and forth. Right? There's even a segment at one point where Champa's in the back. Ezekiel comes up and says something, and Champa goes like, uh, "Thanks, Zeke. I appreciate it." Right? Kevin Owens walks mm-hmm. over and goes, "No, no, no, no. He's a liar. That's Elias." And then Champa looks at at Kevin Owens and says. Hey man, that mistake happens all the time. They're constantly getting confused. But that was his younger brother, Ezekiel. Kevin Owens stares at him for just a beat or two, just like a one two beat, and then goes, Why are you doing this? <laughs> Why are you lying to me? Why are you guys all pretending? Like, it's so funny. This to me is the most perfect storyline because it is the most meta fuck you IWC storyline I've ever seen. Where it's like, We're going to repackage a guy. And then we're going to have one person in the entire WWE universe be the guy who keeps calling it out. Be the guy who's always tweeting, you mean LA Knight? You mean LA Knight? You know what I mean? The, oh, I'm not going to call him Scott Hall. He'll always be Razor to me. You know what I mean? Like, those guys. The guys who still call Sami Zayn Generico. The guy who still calls Kevin Owens Kevin Steen. And says, that's always who they're going to be to me. You can call him whatever you want. It's always Kevin Steen. 
Now you yeah. have a dude Ezekiel and you have Kevin Owens going, you're a liar, you're Elias. And everyone else in their little universe is like, no, 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 that's the younger brother. We said so. Like, <laughs> so genius, dude. I love it. Oh, yeah. No, like you said, when I first saw it, I was confused because I was like, like I saw bits and clips of it like online. Like I don't read the dirt sheets and stuff like that, but I've seen a couple of things where I'm like, they're like, oh no, this is, you know, somebody else is the same person. And I saw like side by side pictures. And like, I mean, it could be the same person. It could be somebody different. I don't know. Yeah. You know, and I, you know, I've never heard him talk or anything like that, but I was like, all right. And then. You know, just seeing him out there, and I'm like, yeah, like, he needs to, Elias is dead. He's dead. They killed him. But like I said, I just want him to dive into the, like I said, he's borderline Johnny B. Dad with his gear and everything. Yeah. Like, he Dude. needs to just do it almost almost like a Buffalo Bill style. Yes. You know, just like, ooh, you know. And if he joins, mm, mm. then, <laughs> then you know even better like but yeah one of my favorite lines he said was on one of those WWE exclusive internet exclusive things where it's this little video package of Ezekiel going into the arena talking about what it meant to him following in his brother's footsteps and all this stuff and then he goes Elias walked so Zeke could speak and I fucking died laughing dude the walk nice. with Elias Elias walked so Zeke could speak <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That is awesome. Fucking I like poetic. <laughs> Loved it. Fucking so on board. And not a shock. When you really just pull back a little bit, the performer that played Elias, a fucking amazing. As much as yeah. I talk shit about Bad Guy 101, Elias was Bad Guy 101 all the time. Go out there and say something bad about their sports team. But instead of saying Chicago Bears suck, instead of saying that Seattle Sonics are no good. He says... That's why they moved to Oklahoma. He said, it makes no sense. It makes as less sense as Seattle having a basketball team. And then that's it. Like, it was not just talking shit about their sports team. It was saying it in a clever way that made them think and then get pissed. And then stay pissed. And then get more pissed because now they're thinking about it more. Like, he said it in a way that wasn't like... Mike Ditka sucks in Chicago. He was saying, "It was you know what I mean." Like that was high well, level way, shit talk. Oh yeah, the way he delivered the the Sonics reference was it was a slap in the face with yeah. truth behind it. Yes, and that's where people were like, "Whoa, that's fucking brutal. similar." Like I said, with MJF throwing actual artwork, like, "Hey, I spent hours on that motherfucker." Like, yeah, you. There's a slap in the face, and then there's like, well, fuck you. You know, yeah. like, yeah. You know, and that's what pissed people off. I was like, yo, fuck you then, you know? And, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, I haven't heard Ezekiel speak so much, but. Yeah. I mean. He's been really super. Cool. He's been like good guy 101, but that's what I mean. Like, he's so good at it and so clever with it that, like, it's not a surprise he's making this work, is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. All right, so the final thing I wanted to get your opinion on, because we haven't talked to you about it since it's all happened. We talked briefly about it earlier. 
the massive return of Cody Rhodes to WWE fresh off of his AEW run. He shows up at WrestleMania. He's immediately in a match with Seth Rollins. He's now about to have match three with Seth Rollins and Hell in a Cell. I'm going to throw this part out here. The fact that during this past match on Raw, he gives his weight belt to a child up in the corner. Seth Rollins comes back, takes it from the kid. <clears throat> What's a bigger asshole thing to do than to take that from the kid? Smacks yeah. Cody with it. Just harshly. Cody grabs that white belt back, stumbles away, and as he passes that same kid, gives it back to the kid without looking at him even. Just, this is yours, and walked off. That should have played off as such an over-the-top, cartoonishly good guy thing that it should have made you sick. But to me, was so perfectly done... You're just like, you know what? Fuck Seth Rollins. Cody Rhodes is the good, is like, fuck, Cody Rhodes needs to take him. Like, it was so subtly masterful from a guy who I'm used to seeing cartoonishly in your face from previous yeah. iterations. Does that make sense? Um, I don't know. I'm very confused. At what part? About uh, Cody Rhodes. Mm-hmm. I thought this was the return of Stardust. Yeah. Yeah, I'm hoping that he starts wearing more gold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I am absolutely thrilled that Cody's back. Uh, the thing on Monday, like you said, was fucking awesome. You know, he sat there and, you know, after everything, goes and hands. Like, the thing that I think drove it more so home for me then not even the oh look at they're not not looking at the kids like here this is yours was that he stood up he fucking hobbled over there fucking walked over to the kid like he's fucking Hulk Hogan open up your fucking vitamins fucking Stone Cold opening up your beer like here this is yours and then he asked for help from the rest yeah yeah all right come on. I need help now. I can't make it the rest. Yes. You know, I, to me, that drove it home. I was like, holy fuck. Like, that yes. subtlety that was there, I was like, holy shit. Like, whew. Yes. Because when he went to go pick up the weight belt from the floor, Aja was right there. Aja Smith was the ref of the match. Yeah, and she's and like, do you need help? Do you need help? And he said, yeah. he said, no, trust me. I'm fine. I'm fine. Yeah. And he goes over there to be the strong hero and give mm-hmm. the kid back his thing and look strong. And as soon as he did it, that was all I had. Turns around. Yeah, and maybe yeah, he turns around, looks for her, and waves her over. Team. Yeah, yeah, and waves and her I, over. Please come help me. I needed help. Yeah, yeah. He like, did, to like, me, he, that was like yes. That that point or that part right there just drove it home. I was like, Whoo! Mm-hmm. like, damn, yeah. nailed it. Like, holy shit. Yes. And you know, just going back in general, I haven't watched like the the surprise that Cody came back wasn't a surprise, you know. It was well speculated, but I think just seeing Cody's mannerisms and what I've seen from him being back, you know, especially at the WrestleMania match, gives a shout out to his dad with a uh, bionic elbow, Uh fucking does the Stardust cartwheel, and Corey, when he said, you know, oh, that's not, 
uh, reiteration that's shedding the old Cody or something like that. I was mm-hmm. like, Fuck. shedding of the skin. Like, yeah, I was like, holy shit! Like, no, like for him to say that right after that was fucking amazing. And I'm glad Cody's back. Um, as much as people don't want to hear it, he's back home. I yeah. think he's back home. Like, I think Cody can be Cody. Like, I think he was. Um, mutually beneficial for WWE and Cody. Like, WWE didn't know what to do with Cody. They gave him the Stardust gimmick. Cody killed it. You know, what do we do? Legacy, all that bullshit. I don't know. I don't know. He floundered heavily. For him to leave, do the indies, fucking rebrand himself, um, you know, do what he did in AEW, create a fucking mass following and this was even though it was widely speculated I think I think WWE kind of shot themselves in the foot a little bit on this mm-hmm. where Cody I think there should have been some tweets like I tried WWE wasn't for me you know just throw a little swerve in there mm-hmm. but yeah, this his was silence was almost, almost telling yeah this was almost equally of Hogan going to WWE. Yeah. Like, this was a big player in AEW. He helped them. He was, uh, he wasn't CEO, but I forgot his title. EVP, dude. There. EVP. And, you know, for him to join the competition, but in my eyes, you know, going back home mm-hmm. was huge and is awesome. I'm very curious to see his reception in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Is there going to be a DX Army type of, you know, AEW presence there? Mm-hmm. And when the first time they go to Jacksonville. But, you know, even with his return, I texted you and we talked about it earlier. Like, them pairing him up with Seth was fucking phenomenal. Yes. Like, Full house, you know, I don't want to say royal flesh, stand in poker, but like, holy shit, that was fucking great. Like, well played, you know, perfect person to come back to across the board, you know, dream match, wet dream match, if you will. Mm-hmm. Like, it was great. And, you know, outside of his match on Raw, I think everything Cody has touched was the Midas touch. Everything's been gold since his return. I feel like what Cody needed more than anything and became really evident throughout this was the biggest problem in AEW is that you only have yes men. Everyone just keeps saying yes, it's good, yes, it's good. And so you end up in situations where you actually do bad because no one's willing to tell you it's not going to land right, it's not good. He would even say he would workshop promos and try them out and ask people what they thought and they would say amazing every time and that's why he would do them. Then they would go out there and just be fucking ripped to shreds. And everyone goes, yeah, I don't know why he would have said that. Mm. What is amazing about Cody is I think he needs the team around him for him to say, I want to do this. And they say, okay, but what if we tweak it like that? He needs a creative direction. And he needs someone who's willing to say, that's a bad idea. But that doesn't mean we can't make a good idea out of it. Right? Where I think in AEW, you have a lot of bad ideas reinforced with more bad ideas. And no one's willing to say... Look, I know you've been doing this a long time, but that's not going to land right. 
Look, I know yeah. you've got more experience and, than me, but I can tell you right now that's not good. Like, yeah. everyone's afraid and, and, to counteract someone. It seems like. Yes. Go ahead, Ken. Yeah. And, you know, just reiterating your statement is, you know, it's it's a bad idea, but the concept isn't terrible. We can work off of, you know, what you're trying to get across and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And, you know, there's a there's such a thing as constructive criticism. Like, hey, I like that, but, or no, try this, you know? And like you said with the Yes Men in AEW, like, it's just anything the, I don't even want to say the talents, the higher ups, if you will, as much as they shit on Vince with it, AEW's fucking littered with it. And I, I hate the, I'm not trying to go down this path. I hate the AEW versus WWE thing. But, hey, the top dog says this. This is the bottom line. You know? Yeah. And it goes to the point of, you know, going back to Sasha and Naomi is, hey, we don't necessarily agree with this. Is this the right way to handle this disagreement? Probably not. But let's talk about this. You know? Yeah. And in AEW, it's just, yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's good. You know, I I want AEW to exceed. I love a lot of their talent. But, yeah, I mean, like I said, outside of the match with Miz for the four or five glaring botches that happened. Yeah. I feel like Cody's been uh, nothing but solid. Yes, and it's been amazing and, and I, been refreshing to see him this way, you know? Yes, and, I, and truthfully, you know, people may not like to hear it, but what Cody's accomplished in the last two months that he's been in WWE has overshadowed everything he's done in AEW. I would say the only argument I can make against that is the match he had with his brother at Double or Nothing, which was three years ago. Mm-hmm. And still remains to be the best match that they've you're, ever put on. And still remains to be one right. of the best stories they've ever put on. But I would you're say right. it's the no, only I, argument I have. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Because because he had three years after so, that and I couldn't argue that. You know what I mean? Exactly. And that's what that's what exactly what I was gonna say is to me it's not so much like it was such a while ago and yes, that was amazing, and yes, that was you know, top of the line and it it was great. But the last three years after that has overshadowed that, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I think that's interesting. You know, what I think about it, what's interesting about Cody is I think he he highlights the 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 just by his pure existence and what he's been doing, he's highlighting exactly what's best and worst about AEW. He's highlighting yeah. that even talent who has the potential and incredible doesn't have the balance. But he's also highlighting yeah. that like the freedom to do what you'd like is massive right yeah but it shows the downfall and the upside of both like it's like he's such an incredible almost like a case study of like what can mm-hmm. what can someone do unchecked versus how far can someone fall unchecked and does that really impact or influence or, or even uh highlight what they're capable of we're seeing cody was capable of so much higher than he was even doing there because he was unchecked you know what i mean like yeah arguably like i mean we don't know everything but well, it's almost like go ahead i was gonna say well and that's what gets me with you know the AEW marks you know that they're you know commonly called but <laughs> like they shit 
so heavily that I've seen on this match that he had with Miz. Oh, Cody says, look what I've learned in the indies and, you know, tries to do it with the Miz and it didn't work. It happens, you know, and I'm not, you know, giving him a pass on that. It failed. Yes. You, you know, you take your bumps and you learn from them and you move on. Yeah. But you have all these people all of a sudden, and this is where, what gets me where you're so one way or the other, similar to politics and, you know, there's a lot of people in the middle that people don't want to recognize. Yes. That, yeah. you know, you may not like that Cody joined WWE. And that's fine. But don't sit there and all of a sudden shit on somebody you've been cheering for for the past three, four years. Yeah. You know, just like Miro, just like um, Mox, just like um, Kalisto, one of my son's favorites. They joined a different company, and that's fine. You know, we I wish them the happiness on wherever they go. I'm not going to shit on them. I'm not going to all of a sudden now be a critic of them instead of being a fan. Like, I want to see what they can do. Let's, you know, build them up. If more people were in the middle, if you were, and yeah. building up, hey, I liked what they did over here. I don't like what they did over there, and vice versa, that's fine. But to just yeah. be one side or the other, that's, like, it's stupid. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, the biggest proponent of the one-sided behavior, I think, actually is is kind of telling that the the Dave Meltzer and all of his followers and fans, mm -hmm. if you really want to look at like star ratings that he's been given and the awards he gives out, Daniel Bryan stopped getting five star matches the day he joined WWE. He didn't have a single five star match the entire time he was in WWE. His first match outside of WWE, bullshit. it's insane. His first match outside of WWE, five stars. His matches ever since have been five stars. Uh, the Brian Danielson Award, which was awarded to the greatest technical wrestler of the year every year, Brian Danielson stopped winning it the day he joined WWE and never won it again. Like, he might win it this year because he's not there. Like, yeah. the idea that, that the bias isn't there is at this point laughable. Like, his bias is there. Oh, if yeah. you can appreciate yeah. that there's a bias, you can have a conversation, right? Like, we talk about it all the time. I'm biased towards this or that. So let's talk about what I liked and where my bias lies, right? Like, the, mm -hmm. the idea that people think of him as an unbiased reporter at this point is laughable. But yeah. I think it also feeds into that divide, right? Like, I can. Yeah. I think and, the conversation becomes more interesting in saying, I've always liked Daniel Bryan. I liked him in Ring of Honor. I like him in WWE. And for some reason, this run in AEW is not clicking makes for an interesting conversation of, well, what's different? Because we know he's capable, right? Yeah. Where most people are and, just being like, nope, I love everything he's doing in AEW, hated everything he did in WWE. And you're like, you're lying to yourself. Yeah. And, and like I said, I, I fucking hate it, but it's fucking politics. One-on-one right there. Like, yeah. Everything we just discussed is fucking politics in America right now. You're for this side, you're this side, you can't meet in the middle. If we meet in the middle in, in both AEW and WWE and politics, like, I think a lot of more shit would be solved and a lot more shit would be enjoyable yeah. than people want to fucking admit. Yeah. Yeah, because there has to be that conversation, right? You can't have a conversation... You can't yeah. figure out what's wrong if you can't conversate about it. And if you are if you start with, well, I hate everything they did because they're here and I loved everything because they did that. because yeah. they're here, then you can't really and, break down, well, what's different? Well, the company. Yeah, okay, and, well, that's not helpful. And, you know what I mean? Exactly. If that's the only fact, then you're, you're not helping your you case and you're not – Yeah. Like, hey, let's talk about it. Hey, I don't like this. 
but tell me why you like it and then I'll see it from a different point of view and then let me look at it and if I still don't like it it's just not for me and that's yeah. fine but if all yeah. of a sudden I'm like hey I see where you're coming from now holy shit I do enjoy this more maybe not 100% like you do but I do now see that different perspective great and let's fucking meet in the middle let's fucking have a fucking beer together and fucking just talk, talk about it and even then like People who don't want to understand, and we talked about it from the top, I don't understand where a lot of this comes from. You have to at least try, right? Because you can disagree. It's easier to disagree if you understand than it is to disagree if you don't understand, right? Like, if I understand exactly where you're coming from and disagree, then we can have a conversation and we can maybe figure out what's best for both, right? Where if I refuse to see it from your point of view and I refuse to understand where you're coming from, then nothing I say is going to be uh, uh, poignant in changing your mind or changing my own. If I disagree with you, I'm going to want to change your mind, right? Because I want you to agree with me. But if I don't understand where you came from, I don't know how to change your mind. And I think that people lose that that concept a lot, right? I have to understand where you're coming from if I'm going to get you to agree with me. And if somewhere in the middle, I accidentally agree with you, then at least we're making progress, right? Like, yeah, but not to get off too political here. I think we've had a pretty cool catch up with Kevlar. It's been a while. Uh, we've, we have run a little long. I don't mean to end on a sad note, but this just came through a little bit ago. Our buddies down at ring scoops media. I've been doing some, uh, uh, recap reviews of smackdown for ring scoops as well you can check them out ringscoops.com uh but they did bring it to our attention here that uh uh adam henderson also known as brute beretta in socal wrestling passed away uh he uh weighed from ring scoops as he met adam during training in 2011 and was thought he was a really cool dude funny guy very kind um uh, I'm not familiar with him. I'm sure we'll hear maybe from uh, Amanda tomorrow. Maybe she's familiar with him. Uh, so hopefully we can get some cool stories out of it. But uh, hearing of the passing of a guy, and then from judging from these pictures, he's very young. So absolute horrible tragedy to, to lose a member of the wrestling scene. So uh, tears in our beers to Adam Henderson, Brute Barreto. Uh, we'll see you down the road. And uh, uh, sorry to hear about that. So... Kev, awesome to have you back for an episode one. It's been a while. I know you got things to do tonight, so we don't want to keep you any longer. Uh, We have run long, so I appreciate all the drinking buddies who have come through and hung out and had a drink with us. Uh, But at the end of the day, it's about hanging out with our drinking buddies, having friends and drinks and and talk. I think we did that today. So, guys, give us a follow. Give us the like. Go to New Wave Coffee, N-O-O-W-A-V-E dot C-O. And pick yourself up some Flow State coffee. Promo code Cheers. Get an additional 10% off. Uh, They've got K-Pods now. And he's got more stuff coming along the line. So uh, definitely check it out. Uh, We'll be back tomorrow night right here in the dive bar of the IWC for a brand new episode one. Guys, I think that's the last call. Cheers. Please support us or buy us a drink by following and putting the eye and subscribe on Twitch. Or subscribe and review our podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to us. Cheers! I would never have a drink with less than on the rocks.